two, one. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this Delation of Myth Weekly Live Stream. Episode number 150, the 10th of February, 2018, coming at you right now. I am your first host, Alex Garthon Marsh. With me, as always, is Bright Heathen Dog Grissomer. How are you today? Uh, well, we are both varying levels of sick. Yes, we so, are. Uh, not great. No, could be better. We are infected simultaneously, yes. much like the Brothers Karamar Karamarzov. Karamazov, or like those guys from who were in Cobra and GI Joe. Yes, the two who felt each other's pain. Yeah, just watch. They were called the brothers Karamazov as well. Just watch. Ah, probably okay. not. They were probably you know I don't know Vader Trooper Seven or who whatever they were named. The people there. <laughs> oh, D Duncan says that uh, the round table is down because of sickness too. Oh my gosh, that's because Duncan Idaho with his strange alien physiology is able to deflect Earthborne viruses. Well, you know, plus everyone says he's a robot anyway. So well, see, androids don't get that kind of ill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, that's why you're safe. Now, now, if you had a space virus that made you drunk, we know from TNG that, yes. Oh, yes, then he would be affected. Be in, yeah, absolutely, be affected then, sure. If you tickle me, do I not laugh? If you cut me, do I not bleak? No, no, if you prick me, do I not leak? He says yeah. bleak. Bleak? Yep, a combination oh, of bleed I... and leak. Gotcha. Oh, my phone's ringing. No, that's important. You take that. It is. I'll take that. All right, he needs to find out the status of his children right now. So, ladies and gentlemen deal with the howling wolf as I go down three Ow! all right that's how my voice is feeling today everyone I'm sorry about that <laughs> they're just computer virus <laughs> said Duncan. all right going through our segments today much like the millipede that is life we're gonna have Max Leo Celestial Wisdom we got a special video review from him of Tempest Citadel the beta of that and that should be fun also coming after that is going to be Heathen Dogs Heathen Dogma, the anime trash pile, where he talks about two anime, which are just absolutely terrible in every way. And if you like them, you should be ashamed. That's really that's really the only settlement you could draw from that. I will say that the first one he's reviewing, uh, Kakiguri, Guri, Guri. Anyway, uh, I saw that on Netflix. Well, I saw it existed on Netflix. I looked at the preview where I showed two still images, and I went, nope, not watching that. No way in hell. Looks like crap. I was right. You can judge a book by its cover, metaphorically speaking. Um, on Gartha's comic poll, we're going to talk about Infinity Countdown, number one, Adam Warlock, Batman, White Knight, number five, Avengers, number 679, No Surrender, part five. Everything had a colon this week, much like... Most of Congress. Uh, I know I'll have cold ones. So, that's a that's a medical joke. Uh, in the RNG, uh, I'm going to talk about D&D Milestone Advancement versus XP Advancement and why one of them is absolutely right and the other one is not. Um, <laughs> now absolutely you're, right. Absolutely you're, wrong. You're not a bad person if you do the other thing. There's just so many better ways. You know? Right. You know? You could drink coffee through a straw shouldn't but you can no, you, could. you could people will make fun of you and rightly so 
Yeah, especially if it's like black coffee. If you're drinking, you know, your double decaf soy mocha chocolate lay with the blondie swirl twist and a splash of pumpkin spice, all right, that gets a straw and a little ribbon on it, probably. Sure. And Heathen Dog will tell you about the Netflix series Altered Carbon, which I guess is a thing. I've seen a lot of people writing about it, and most of it's not highly positive. No, no, and neither is mine. Oh, good. <laughs> it's actually unusual that Legion of Myth actually agrees with everyone. <laughs> but you know, I, it's not it's not a tr- it's not a trash pile like like the two anime I'm going to show you that I I will have to drink to get through. If you use a curly straw and black coffee, does that loop back around to cool? I'm gonna have to say no. I really yeah. am. Yeah. I mean, black coffee is about drinking, so they have a semi-cracked white mug, and you know, being angry is not a not a dime anymore. I guess. I know my wife drinks black coffee. So from a white mug with a crack in it and anyway. So the uh let's move on. Oh my I can already tell I'm gonna have no voice at the end of this. Nope. To the disclaimer. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasions of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for understanding. Continue viewership as two ill individuals, physically and mentally, continue to bring you news and entertainment. And the rest of Legion Myth. Uh, Duncan says that may have been a pun. With the loop around the glasses, I think it is. I like it. That's clever. I'm not quick enough for clever today. No. I hate to say. No, neither am I. <clears throat> uh, I'm all hopped up on Sudafed and, and Tylenol and just... My, my stomach's all messed up from all the pills I've taken. See, I don't take pills. I take Marsh Family Cough Syrup. Marsh Family Cough Syrup. That is... Uh, As uh, explained, I explained to Heathen yeah, Dog over the phone, yeah. Marsh Family Cough Syrup consists of black tea with honey and whiskey. And, and whiskey. Whis- and whiskey. Um, you don't want a 50-50 mix. It's more like a 60-40, but it... uh. Seventy thirty, yeah. if you're feeling seventy thirty. T T is the seventy, <laughs> right? Just so right. you know, T is a sure. You know, it's not sure. It, it kills the viruses. Grass yep. that's catching Rorschach's disease of the voice. <laughs> I just need some sugar cubes. <laughs> uh, all right. If you like, subscribe, comment, do it through Twitch, do it through YouTube, go on Reddit. We actually need quoting some Reddit people today. Facebook. Yes, Twitter at Legion of Myth. So many tweets. I mean, the only person with more. No, I'm not going to go there. More ah, your tweets more than us. Well, actually, a lot of people do, so I can't really make a comment to that. Discord, Messenger, Steam Group. Get the audio version of SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music. Give it your iTunes. Throw a five star review. See, even when they were ill, they still came to protect that's right. me. Professionalism. That's 100%. That's, that's all. That's what the Legion's that's, about. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, the motto here on the weekly live stream. And as always, go support us through Patreon. Patreon supporters get more. Uh, yes, before indeed. being struck down by illness, we, uh, like and I are in fact working on more videos for Patreon. Uh, also, you can support through a Twitch streaming subscription through directly through Streamlabs, PayPal, or getting our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com. Uh, I'm not wearing my gear tonight. That's I okay. Want, I didn't want to sell it with my viruses. Yours, it must be immune to viruses. <laughs> I coughed too much. I'm coughing. All right, next. Max Leo's Celestial Wisdom. Ting. 
wish I had a gong for that. That'd be so cool. That would be cool. All right, let's hear him talk about the Tempest Citadel beta. Hello Legionnaires, this is Maxia from Legion Myth, and today I'm going to review Tempest Citadel something else. Hello Legionnaires, this is Maxia from Legion Myth, and today I'm going to review Tempest Citadel Beta. Tempest Citadel is both developed and published by Artform Games, and as of this recording on 10 February 2018, Tempest Citadel is not for sale, but you can request to join the beta through the link on the screen or in the description below. Let me stress again that what you hear from me in this review is in regard to the beta version of the game, so many things are subject to tweaking or even change. I played the Tempest Citadel beta from iteration 0.22 through 0.27 of the beta. When I received the Tempest Citadel beta invite from Artform Games, I was pretty excited. First of all, it had been a while since any developer had provided a game key to me, and secondly, Tempest Citadel had recently entered my top 10 list of games to keep an eye on. So what is Tempest Citadel? Let's first see what the Steam page has to say. Assume the role of an enigmatic captain from Terra as he embarks on a mission to explore a deadly world that promises wondrous and terrible power. Tempest Citadel is a strategy game set on a storm-ruled planet. Build a mighty citadel in the clouds and lead your crew into battle. I liken the game to an XCOM without the tactical turn-based combat. You use, train, and manage your crew while researching new capabilities and expanding your base of operations, a floating citadel akin to Bespin's Cloud City in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. Tempest Citadel has an interesting story that unfolds as you play. In this review, I'm going to do my best to be very vague in regard to this story content, so you can play and discover it on your own. At the start of the game, you find your ship and crew on its way to a distant planet. However, you soon discover that your trip isn't all it's cracked up to be. And this is where the tutorial kicks in. From that point on, the game becomes very XCOM-like in terms of crew training and health, researching new technology, completing missions, upgrading your base, and in selecting the correct gear and loadout for each crew member and mission. At this stage of Tempest Citadel beta development, combat is based on crew selection, combat specialty, skills and loadout, and an overall strategy. For example, you may order your squad to move cautiously, focus fire, and prioritize the strongest enemy. From there, your AI squad, which ranges from 6 to 16 members as the game progresses, executes your strategic plan. Classes in the game include soldiers, scavengers, engineers, researchers, and medics, each with its own benefit while loitering on the citadel, engaging in combat, and while pilfering resources during the subsequent facility raids. Speaking of which, after the combat, assuming you won, 
you get to go spelunking and investigating your way through facilities in order to find materials and information for your strategic growth, all before raging megastorms creep in and force you to return to your base. There are various factions in the game. Some are seemingly there to help you, while others may or may not be as belligerent as they appear. Throughout the game, you'll have opportunities to assist, harm, or ignore events related to your own crew and the other factions. How you choose to handle these events will provide you rewards or consequences. Additionally, random events, not many but a few to keep you on your toes, will affect your Citadel crew as well. So what do I think of Tempest Citadel? Reminding you once again that this review is of the game through beta 0.27. So here are my pros. It has a good set of toggle options to fit your game side. In-game choices matter, but they don't individually make or break you. They have short-term rewards or consequences versus the Oops, you screwed up, now the game's effectively over for you. A solid entry-level game into the base and squad management genre, while still unique and enjoyable for all but the most hardened tactical base-building fanatics. If XCOM intimidates you, this is a great place to start. Artform games are very responsive to commentary, opinions, and potential bug fixes while still remaining true to their vision of the game. Simon was always quick to respond to my posts and YouTube videos. Has a strong lore for RP nerds like me, but easily ignored if you only care about outfitting squads and sending them on missions. Also, the story wraps up any loose ends at the end of the game and reminds you of the other faction's fate. Now, some of the cons, which there are some. It is beta, so there are still areas where the game needs to grow or be tweaked as well as the occasional bug you may run into. A couple of times in the game, I ran into dead zones of time. During these dead zones, I wasn't able to upgrade my ship in order to reach or take on any new missions. Twice this lasted for over a year of in-game time. Some of the stats and nuances of character development are not readily or easily apparent. However, with that said, I tend to be blind in these games. <laughs> As you get used to the UI, and if you do pay attention, you will see that all the information is there for you to create very potent squads. On the other hand, it is too easy to avoid learning those nuances and mechanics. You can just quick save before each combat, select any old strategy you want, and if that fails, quick load and try another strategy. Do this until you win. My final thoughts on Tempest Citadel are the following. This is not a triple A game. If you are looking for a game developed with millions of dollars by 60 people over the course of five years, this is not it. This is a small indie dev team that has created a great indie game in the vein of XCOM. Even in this beta version, knowing there are more changes and needed bug fixes to come, I had loads of fun. I would have liked a couple more factions who could become friendly, hostile, or ambivalent to the Terran crew based on player decisions, However, I can understand how adding more factions and lore could cause the development to both stall and potentially get lost in the webs-within-webs trope. This is not going to be a game for everyone, especially those looking for an intense move-by-move -move tactical shooter. With that said, I do want to share this developer update where Simon states, I'm busy working on adding a few more tactical controls. The original game had an established cover system and basic squad formations, so I'm going to add those back in, and also let you split your guys up into smaller fire teams that you can, can, that you can move around independently, or let the AI take control. Because the game is in beta, I'm not going to give it an official 4 out of 5 rating, 
But that is where it would stand for me right now. Unfortunately, I have to move on from Tempest Citadel to other games, but I want to make it very clear to anyone watching this, I will come back to Tempest Citadel. At the very least, I will play it when the game goes gold, if I cannot find time to try it again sooner, which I hope I can. I hope you will do the same. Please refer to the links on your screen and in the description below, and I don't think you will be disappointed. So what did you think of my Tempest Citadel beta review? Let me know in the comments below. At the same time, give this channel a nice old like and subscribe to the Legion of Myth channel. Finally, if you watch this review after many of the updates and changes to Tempest Citadel have been implemented, please let me know how the game has changed and improved in relation to my review. Love to hear from you. Thank you all. Have a great night. All right. Thank you very much for that, Max Leo. So final analysis of the Tempest Citadel beta according to our Celestial Leader. Uh, choices are matters. It's all entry. As he, there's a response to the developer. Always listen to advice. Had a well-written campaign. with was a lot of fun. And, yeah, and the, the developer was on his uh, on his live Twitch streams quite a bit. Yeah, which was really cool because the guy actually, yeah. you know, he cared about his product. Yeah, he, he gave out like six or seven beta keys yeah. during the stream. During our stream. That was really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, it was really cool. Oh, I know that Max is still going to give a fair evaluation because he, uh, he's a jerk. He doesn't care what anyone thinks about him. So he's going to give out uh, his honest opinion. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's... and uh, he asked me to say uh, he, got a, he got an email from, from the developer, Simon. Uh, that's why that activity dead zones, uh -huh. this right here, has an asterisk on it. Uh, the, it's, uh, the reason he, John ran it, I'm sorry, the reason that Max ran into those dead zones is because uh, the, his play style, he pauses the game and does everything all the all the uh, city management and people management gets all that squared away before hitting play again now there wasn't even supposed to be a pause button in the game according to the developer uh -huh. and that's why he hit these dead zones if he let the days roll by as he was doing this he'd have a lot more events that happening been a going through. Yeah. yeah yeah interesting but that goes against max's play style he likes to he, yeah. he doesn't like things to creep up on him and surprise him Right. So, you know, right. he wants everything squared away before he starts advancing time again. Yep. And then the important squad nuance that can be easily missed but can be avoided. Yes. Uh, so. I mean, uh, yeah, what, what he did, he put, uh, when he hit an encounter and he found a strategy that worked against this type of foe, he'd write it down. Yeah. And and he would refer to those notes if he met that foe again. Like, oh, this worked really well. I got I got two asterisks on it. That means it worked really well, so I'll do it again. So, you know, as, as long as you bear all that in mind, uh, after a while, you can be successful at almost any combat. That's true. It's a good thing to think about. And that's actually, it's almost old school in a way where you had to like write stuff down and think of things. Didn't yeah. automatically come up. Use this attack. It always worked. You know, you actually had to think about things a little bit. Right. But it doesn't go so far as like you have to pull out the graph paper, start writing down your own maps. Exactly. So. Yeah. You don't need an Excel spreadsheet to formulate this thing out. You know, just just a couple of notes will do you. Yeah. So that's good. I am glad to hear that. Hey, so thank you very much, Max. So what do you think if. Let uh, Matt, let us, all of us know uh, what you think of Max's review of Tempest Citadel, his beta review. You do, do so over YouTube, on Twitter, Facebook. You can catch one of Max's streams, complain about what he's doing, or tell him how great he is. Yay. But always, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, and comment. Yes. Yes, talking about that was your lady. I agree. It was good. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of those streams. They were, they were good. Yeah, let's move on to... Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog World, anime on the stream. Uh, if you right, like good well, anime, this is not the place to be right This now. is not the place to be Well, today. it's a good today. place to be warned of what not to watch. So right. that is helpful. 
It's true. It's true. Uh, today's both anime for today are just piles of garbage. Just absolute, just awful. Bottled dumpster juice. <laughs> Drinking early because you can't do this straight. Ugh. Cheers. Let's go to the first one. Uh, the, the, the first anime is Kageguri, which means gambling addict. Uh, if you watch the anime, which don't, 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 just don't. Do not. Uh, you'll, you'll think that the actual translation is uh, uh, sexual gambling addict freak. Now, here's the backstory on this pile. Uh, there, this all takes place in a, in a very prestigious private academy. All the students that go here are sons and daughters of COOs, CEOs, presidents of corporations. They're all super rich. Now, the, the hierarchy system in this school isn't like many other schools. It's, uh, it's based on your gambling ability. It's not based on being a jock or being, you know, a math decathlon or whatever crap like that. No, it's basic, just gambling. If you're a great gambler, you have higher status in the school. Well, if that, you're a it's bad an important gambler, attribute, I guess. Well, they, they actually say that in, in corporate life, being able to to gamble, having that skill of reading your opponent, being cheating able to, without getting caught. Being able to see if something's a, a, a risk is worth the reward. Exactly. is a very valuable trait. And I agree. I do. Makes sense. Take, I can get that. Taking this degree, it's awful. Let's, uh, let's check out the details. Uh, directed by uh, Yuchiro Hayashi. Uh, written by, now th this guy is important, Hamura Kawamoto. Now, um, I really, really debated. I For like 10 minutes, I was putting his picture up on a slide and taking <laughs> it down, putting it up and taking it down. So I could show you what this guy looks like. So if you ever met him, you could cross the street. You could keep your kids away, away from him. This guy. this guy's radioactive sludge. All right, now the director... Maybe hey he he's got a he's got a five picture deal this is this is his contract he, he has to do this he has to you know he has to put food on his kid's table I get it they have his dog I, hostage I could, exactly I could for, I could forgive this person but this guy this human garbage this walking stain well the the director has a lot to do with that too he could totally reframe a scene so it's not as bad. I can only imagine that he must have tried to do it, but failed. <laughs> what if the director utterly? made it worse? What if the director is one who ramped everything up? What if he's like, she's excited no. by the gambling? What not, if she was very excited? Not according to the manga. I, I, I perused the uh, volume one and two of the manga, and yep. Oh, yep, same thing? Yes. Yep. All right, so you can't blame the director. No. Music by Techno Boys, Polecraft, Green Fund. I don't. I don't know. For that, some reason, that's, I that's really like Wikipedia. that. I don't know if that's true or not. I really like that. I don't know. Why. Yeah. <laughs> Studios Mappa, licensed of course by Netflix. Uh, original network was uh, Tokyo MX, MBS, BS11, RKB, and TVA. The original run in Japan was uh, July first, two thousand seventeen, to September twenty third, two thousand seventeen. Came out on Netflix just a couple weeks ago uh, for twelve episodes. <laughs> don't watch it. Don't on watch it. Don't watch it. <laughs> On Netflix. Uh, it only, uh, strangely, only got one season. Nope, there's going to be another. Because wow. I, Max Liao made well, me watch the last episode, this... and the last episode is a is a cliffhanger. Just because it's a cliffhanger does not mean it gets a second season. That's true, that's true, but I do not have faith in humanity anymore. But this is the land of, you know, subway groping and cat girls, so. Yeah, so I don't have faith in humanity anymore. 
I love you, Japan. Speaking of my lack of faith in humanity, let's let's talk about the main character. <laughs> oh gosh, Yumeko J- Jabami. Now, um, the the picture you see is one of her many times that 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 she's deep into into a game, and this is the point right before she wins or loses, and she has a stylized orgasm. At this point, I would like to say, I saw an image similar to this advertising this on Netflix, and I said immediately, no. Yep, you were, you were correct. You were, the reason I did this, I'll, 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 no, you know what? No, I'll save that for the end. Save it for the end. Okay, she is a new transfer student to the academy. Uh, this is the best that this pile of garbage gets to a protagonist. She is the the least, uh, of the least morally screwed up. and morally offensive and corrupt <laughs> person in this anime. Oh my gosh. Yep. Uh, she 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 gets a supreme thrill from gambling she doesn't care about wins she and losses looks and pretty money. thrilled yes uh and money you know gains money loses money she doesn't care she just loves the game even when her she catches her opponent cheating which cheating is allowed unless you get caught and the, the other person can can say hey they're cheating they're doing it like this and then the judge will come over and go oh yep that's right you're well, cheating okay you're you're done technically she, she doesn't call it technically isn't that always true but technically cheating is always allowed unless you get caught. Just, just caught, saying. Yeah. But, but no, the, the only punishment is is that uh, is that that game is stopped. You considered a loss, but you don't have to give back any money. There's no, there's no stigma punishment. like, oh, he's a cheater. We can't play with exactly. him. Exactly. There's no, there's no stigma. There's no punishment. The, the but, only stigma is, oh, he actually got caught. <laughs> oh, what a, what a doof. You know, like, yeah, okay. She doesn't stop the game. She just keeps going. It's like, oh, you're cheating? Okay. Oh, I see how you're cheating. I'm going to try and use that to uh, my she, advantage. She's like, oh, great. Pull my hair. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Exactly. The uh, the more the odds are stacked against her, the more sexual thrill she gets out of this. This is fantastic. Let's move on. Let's keep going. Yeah. Oh no. Let's let, no. let's keep going to our next slide. And this is slides. the best. This pile of crap get, gets to a male lead. Uh, Ryota Suzy. Like does, does Susie Mary, which is which is which is like uh, which is like how he acts. Uh, he's an average gambler. Uh, in, the, in the in the beginning of the game, he's a couple of million yen in debt. And he's in he's in the doghouse. Uh, he's the only student in this whole school portrayed as having any kind of morality whatsoever, any, and that's a little bit. That's a, like a little bit, like just, just a little, just barely human. Like he won't cross level. the street to kick the dog. It has to actually no, be in no, front no. of him. Yes, yes. He, 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 actually, no. He wouldn't kick the dog unless he really had to. Like it was in his way. But everyone else would kick the dog just because the dog's there. All right. All right. Now, uh, by the end of this, uh, by the end of this, they probably bet on how far they can kick the dog. Yes, exactly. Uh, he basically be- becomes uh, Yumeko's flunky, just her, her flunky. Now, they, they don't get into a sexual relationship. It's alluded to. They they're very close at the end, but she's the one who wears the pants in this relationship. He's a little sissy married. That's all right. All right, and that's how he's portrayed. That's how he continues to be portrayed throughout the entire thing. Now, let's talk about the main antagonist. This is the student council. That's the, the student, student council. council? That's the student council. This is an action. I don't see how this passes for a school. It it gets worse. It, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you thought? You thought? You thought? No, it gets worse. Uh, the, the, the student council decides the fate of almost all the students. All right. By, by gambling them purposefully into debt to them, they can actually control their fate, which I'll get, I'll get to in a minute. There, there is no adult teacher parent <laughs> control. At all, I which, only remember. Uh, which honestly, what, for for Japanese school-based anime, isn't unusual. 
is not unusual, but uh, the student council usually reports to or a, a teacher student reports or to some kind of teacher or counselor is brought in at some point. No, no. I don't remember seeing a teacher. I remember one one scene that they were in a classroom, but I believe it was when class was already over, so the teacher was gone. No adult, no parents, no nothing. They're they're just it's all Lord of the Flies crap here. All Lord of the Flies. Now, the, the current student council president and, and the council itself instituted a FIDO and Mittens caste system. If you get into debt to someone that you cannot pay, you wear this this little uh, dog tag type thing. And if you're a man, you're now called a Fido. If you're a woman, you're now called Mittens, a dog or a cat. And you are treated like garbage. You're treated like an animal by everyone. Oh, was it there? There was some sci-fi race where, like, you could actually end up owning other people. And actually, like, the races could be so weird that you could end up, like, owning someone who owns you. Or you could end up owning someone who owns someone who owns you. So that that sounds like something L. Ron Hubbard would write. Ah, no, it was, ah, what was that in? I don't think it was even Hubbard. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This, Hubbard sucked too. Yeah, this is this is just wow. All right, now uh, I only got through seven episodes. All right, I can't even make it through this review. <laughs> Max Liao made me watch the last episode just so I could say I watched it. It didn't help. I thought you no- did just because it didn't like you. Nothing got better. But let let's go into the reasons why I ditched this thing. Uh, this, really? It, that hasn't been examined yet? <laughs> oh, no. It, I told you. It gets worse. Midari oh, uh, Ikishima. This chick is bananas. Cuckoo bananas crazy. All right? In any is she wearing strings society, on her face? Oh, that's an eye patch. All that's right. an eye patch. Yes, she has an eye patch. And if you want to hear the story behind nope. how she lost her eye, nope. I'll tell you that one, too. No. Oh, yeah. Throw it up in chat if you want to hear it. No. Duncan, Dude, go ahead and say I, I will ban people <laughs> anyway anyway in any sane society she should be hospitalized she is bananas crazy what i what what here what what i gave you here down here in the picture is her a- achieving spontaneous orgasm by having a gun pointed at her thinking she's going to die in a stylized game of russian roulette she orgasm yep that's what happened this is the point I bailed. This is episode seven. I went, nope, I'm out. There comes a point. Okay, we had, we, it's nice to actually be able to say this was the limit. This was it right there. This was, this was it right there. This, this was the limit. Now, my, my next slide is is like the the brick that hit me in the face that, that made me wary of this brick. This is episode six. And this is means, yes, it had an attempted rape as well. Now, at this point, I don't know what, that, what Netflix is thinking. I'm thinking, well, uh, we just want to outbid Pornhub on this. I don't know. But uh, Yumiko be- becomes a mittens because she doesn't care about debt. And uh, so sexually assaulting her is okay. As a matter of fact, this is this is an unsuccessful sexual assault, but the, the assaulter wow. does not get punished at all. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going I'm to go through these pictures from uh, top left to bottom. Top left is uh, the, the assaulter backing her in an alley, and she's saying, oh, you want me to lift up my skirt like this so you can have your way with me? He's like, mm-hmm, yep, mittens, yes, I do. And she's like, no, I don't want you to do that. And so, so she, so he grabs her by the neck, pushes her against the wall, and said, "Oh, this is gonna hurt. You're not gonna enjoy it, but it's gonna happen." And the rapist even has two friends, as we see in the bottom picture, to you know, acting as lookout, uh, stopping the only, the only, uh, like, like I said, the only person, the who only semi moral person, uh, yeah, Ryota, uh, from from actually helping her. Nope, stops her from doing that. Now, 
this was this was the brick that hit me before the final brick. This is episode six. But if this rape was successful, <clears throat> out of bail. This is where I would have bailed. Good. This is it. But it was not successful. It was it was thwarted. Not not because it was wrong, but because of just strange happenstance. It didn't happen. No one came and said, "This is wrong. You are bad." Like you, like someone should have. But there are no moral characters. You in can't this, impose your morals on people. Exactly. So yeah, it was just it was just luck that that she didn't get just raped. It was luck, Jeez. pure luck. So what did I think of this? Well, oh, well, you gave it a whole star. I gave it a whole star. Here is why: I start from five. You got to screw up to lose anything. This thing screwed itself all the way down to half star. I can't. It give says it one whole star. Hang on. I can't give it zero stars because it actually exists. If it actually exists, you can give it, it one half. half. Truly terrible. Now I gave it an extra half star because, unlike other Netflix licensed anime, they didn't go in the hyper realistic CGI crap. That yeah, it's I don't not. Like. It's not actually a, a CGI one that's three D. Exactly, that they make like 2D. Blame or Godzilla or uh, or Gantz. Gantz. That's what I was thinking of earlier. Gantz, uh, where it's all like. Well, like Gantz was good though. Super hyper-realistic hyper CGI crap. This is actual real anime, so I gave it back a half star. But all the right. rest of it, it's just fetish porn. That's it, all it is. I, one star is still absolute trash. Oh, it's still it's still terrible. Right. It's still terrible. I, it's I, still I stuff you torture it prisoners with. Yeah. It, it legitimizes, literally le- legitimizes rape, mental, and physical torture. It says it's okay. As long as you can get away with it, it's fine. Absolutely fine. Jesus. Hang on. Wow. Ugh. Yeah, it's, yeah. <coughs> yeah. All right. Every character, to some degree, displays the absolute worst traits of humanity. Seven deadly sins, you got them. You got them all. Especially greed, obviously. Amorality is, is the watchword of the day. Mor- morality in this series will probably get you killed shanked in this school it's it's it it is it is the it's the worst anime i've ever watched on netflix it doesn't belong on netflix it it belongs sidelined to some fetishistic uh tier five website somewhere that that is made just for people to touch themselves in their mama's basements belongs as a link in some forgotten thread in 4chan exactly some 4chan forgotten thread Link, that's where this thing belongs. It's utter trash. How did it even get animated? That's oh my god! You got to wonder the oh, chain of events. You know what? You know what? I, I I spoke to uh, Max Liao's wife Noro today, and they actually have a live action TV series soap opera type thing of this manga. It's on right now. Well, you know, there actually was a web, isn't there a web series like called WT like What the F Japan. And they go over stuff like this. Yeah, this. I, I have no words for that. I, I, she told me that, and I was completely silent. Completely silent. In some ways, I love Japan. In other ways, it's like, come other on ways, now. It's just, come on. Speaking of, come on now. Let's let's look at our next anime. Prison school. All right. <laughs> this this <laughs> pile of garbage. Sorry. It just it's. Yeah, the, the, the guy on the on the right. That's a guy. 
That's it. The guy all the way on the I right. I thought that yeah, was that's, a, that's the, the tiniest ears. face I've ever seen. And and the man boobs. The small the faces was actually a band in the sixties. Yes. But wow. That's, that's an actual. Well, it's just like the, every one of these characters look like they're pulled from a separate series. Yes, exactly right. They're, like a, a different artist was in charge of each one of these. Yahoos. Right. Like they're. I just imagine like they're from different video. Each one's from a yes. different video game. Exactly then someone right. said, "Hey, let's make a fighting game and put them all in." And they. That's why they look like they don't belong. All right. Here, here's here's the story behind this pile of crap. Uh, the, this, uh, this academy was all girl, was an all girl school. All right. And it was known for being, being very strict, but also, uh, the, the, the women who graduated from this academy were, were exceedingly brilliant in whatever they did, but laws being what they are, uh, they had to accept, they had to start accepting male students. So they accepted five for this year, which are these five yahoos you see here. Wait, those are all dudes. Those are all dudes. Yes. Those are all guys. Don't ask me to explain why or how, but it's true. Even the middle now, one? Yep. yep. All right. Now, uh, the the reason the reason that, that the girls in this school are all very, you know, turn out by the book straight and straight and narrow is because they have a, an, an underground student council who, who takes people, even for the most minor infractions, and puts them in, in a special prison school. Excuse me, a special prison school. It's an actual prison yard. On the school grounds. So how it's underground or secret, I got no freaking idea. That sounds like my high school. So... Yeah. Where 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 you, you spend, uh, depending on your infraction, on amount of time there, being tortured and abused in sadomasochistic ways. Again, this sounds like my high school. Now, let's uh, let's let's look at the details. Uh, directed by, you know, I don't care. Just read it yourself. They're directed by that Yahoo, writ written by someone who should be Music Read the air of decent folk. Licensed uh, by Bad Entertainment, Funimation, Anime Limited, uh, Original Network, MX, KBS, SUN, TVA, BS11, ATX, Original Run, July 11, 2015, December 20... That's just kind of old. Episodes 12. Do not watch this on Hulu. No, don't do it. Just don't do it. All right. Let's uh, let, let's look at the main characters, whose names I didn't bother remembering, because... Uh, yeah, you shouldn't. Don't don't fill your head with that. Okay, uh, these, these five yahoos, every one of them is a caricature of a teenage boy they they're not real people they're 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 written to uh, an, an angsty sexless sex craving teenager to the nth degree wait so wait there's only five boys allowed in, sc allowed in the school right yes all five got and they're together. all in prison they're all in prison because all five got together and raided uh the the female bathroom or some other Forget minor it. infraction yeah they, but no no they, they, they were caught peeping so they could either oh. get, get expelled or spend one month in prison school now prison school uh uh beat them and tortured them and every one of them grows to like it as a masochistic sexual fetish because Sweet. none of them have felt the touch of a woman before so even getting beaten by one makes them spontaneously ejaculate this is wonderful it's awful it's absolutely awful. There isn't a decent human being among Why them. Why are you doing this? The, the the guy in the middle whose name I don't care no, about. No, don't. And not, not, neither should you. Is is the most decent. He he's he's the Ryota of of this series. He's he's a human being, but barely, just barely, just barely. But he still went along with this peeping thing. So he's still a doofus now. Uh, the main antagonist. Well, that's the underground student council, and you see them pictured here. 
Yeah, uh, this was this was created for the sole the underground student council was created for the sole purpose to let uh, uh, sadistic fetish mongers beat on on people. That's it. That's the only reason this thing exists. And again, there's no adult in sight in this entire series. Teachers, what I don't, I, nobody, nobody, nobody in sight. No parents, no teachers, no counselors. I'm no guessing girl on the left is like 15. Is that how this yeah. works? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, she's also an expert martial artist and beats the crap out of them well, for even perceived course. infractions. Of course. And the one on the left is is a uh, is a uh, uh, well a, a dominatrix. I mean, of you course. can tell by yeah. And the, the one in the middle, I forget, but she looks. She's evil too, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> now I don't have much more to say about this anime because I bailed after three episodes. Smart move. Yeah, I I I was I was I. I was it? Did you watch this watching... before or after the? I watch it after. Oh yeah, so your tolerance is very low at that point. I, my tolerance was so low for this nonsense that I was like, nope, I'm out. Just the name should it, let you know. Not I to. gave it three, and then I bounced, and then so hey, let's see what I gave it. Oh, oh, one surprise! Star. <laughs> one star again. It went down to a half, but I gave it a half star because the animation, while stupid, especially that big-eared bozo, small face moron. It's consistent. The models stay consistent. There was no warping. There was no walleye. There was none of that nonsense. Uh, when, when they had fast action, like like they, they, were, they were getting beat up by a fifth degree black belt, they actually drew the frames. So they looked like they were getting their butt handed to them by a fifth degree black belt, which is great. The only good thing about this entire piece of just pile of crap. Uh, now the bad, which just a lot of, uh, it glorifies pain as a sexual fetish. See, Duncan Idaho has a good point. It's like, the fact that the animation is good is, is actually a negative because it makes it almost watchable. And it's adding well, to the clarity of it, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it, it really, it, it's a, the, the animation is a vehicle for the awfulness. But, you know, it's kind of like, well, it's terrible, but it's done well. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, terrible, I wait everything. It is extremely sexist. Both ways. All the male characters see the female characters as objects of sex. All the female characters see see the see the male characters as just objects of ridicule and shame. Just pets. All right, this is the kind of stuff you at one time you would have to go to like the curtained off section of the cu- of yes. the store to buy. Yes, yes. In 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 the days of your mom and pop video store, this is the this is the thing you have to this is the you'd have to go to this place. Uh, you have to have someone unlock that door or that or or, or guide you behind the curtain to where behind the, the curtain of shame. Exactly. And you have to walk back there and do that. The 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 males are victims, but you can't care about them because they're stupid. They're so stupid. They deserve everything that happened and they love it. I don't care about them because they're written to be not cared about. I don't know. I I All right. So yeah, one star. Uh, that's my anime on the stream. Now I want you to be very careful, okay, in your chat, and if you're watching this on YouTube, in the comments, because if you come to the defense of either of these anime, I will use my moderator powers. I will ban you from this Twitch channel, and I will I will delete your comments. 
on YouTube. I will I will stop you from ever commenting because because you're the type of person I don't want my friends and my and, and the viewers that I respect to be around to to have to read your toxic nonsense. You you are the type of person who brings out Hitler in in every internet forum. That's you. If you like either's anime and and actually give it a full throated uh, defense against my review, you're you're that guy, and I don't want you around people I know and love. So, there it is. Oh God! Can you not put two terrible ones in a row again? That hurt my brain. I need I need a shower. Ugh, so do I. I didn't have to watch them. Ugh, I don't know if I should thank you for that or not. I'm not going to. Thank me for taking the bullet. All Thank you, you for taking that bullet, the dog. Uh, find a way to cleanse your mind. Oh, the vodka is probably going to work out pretty well. <laughs> Next, let's talk about something more positive. Uh, more he the dogma, the good stuff. You can watch him play this war of mine and actually have victory. Yay! Yes, I had victory. And I started playing again because once you do succeed, uh, it opens up all the other characters. Which is cool. Yeah, so I, I'm playing with a different set of characters now, so that's good. And you can watch his TMOs in Warframe and in Star Trek Online, if technical difficulties do not result, mm. on YouTube and on Twitch. And check out his other streams. Good stuff. Monday, Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Standard with This War of Mine and Star Trek Online. With that guy. Well, Star Trek Online is. All right. Everyone, I'm glad you're here today because today we're going to talk about... All the hardware. They're also reasoning he starts to do further views. He had to. He had to start drinking then. There was there was no other choice. I mean, I'm surprised he made it. Alright, baby, it's time for Gothoff's comic pool. Every <laughs> countdown. That's right, everything this week has a colon in it, my friends. So Infinity Countdown number one, Adam Warlock. Or is it Infinity Countdown Adam Warlock number one? No, wait, on the bottom it says Infinity Countdown colon Adam Warlock 1, number 1. I don't know. <laughs> Give it a title. It's understandable for context. Uh, plus, uh, I, I didn't read the book, but but I read what it was about. And it's just another universe rebooting bullcrap. Everyone Probably. loves those. Everyone loves those. What are you talking about? All right, written. Just a second. Alex. <laughs> Written by Jerry Duggan, artist Michael Allred, colors by Laura Allred, cover by Aaron Cooter, and uh, Eve Ives for Cena. Yes, it's not just he the dog has hard names. So, yeah, uh, okay, if you're not familiar with Michael Allred and Laura Allred when they, and their work, they are good, but they have a bit, they do not look like the cover. They have an indie style. Uh, mm -hmm. If you ever saw Ecstatics or anything like that, um, Question, was this playing before Marvel found out how people received Secret Empire? Oh, way after. But this, you might not have heard, but Marvel is actually planning a movie based off of the Infinity Stones. I know, it's a new idea. You've probably oh, never heard this. What? I know. Um, so, yeah, this is so they the... they had to bring it back. This is the obvious tie-in, get the monies. Um, Adam Warlock is a weird character in the Marvel Universe. And this book actually does a really good job of saying, okay, 
This is Adam Warlock. His background is really freaking weird. So we got an artist who's good at freaking weird to show you this. Yeah, he's like, he was birthed out of a cocoon, right? He was an android made by four scientists birthed out of a cocoon. And when he dies or would die, he cocoons himself to heal. And regenerates, yeah. And regenerates. And I'll and he ended up getting a soul through the power of the soul gem, and, which is one of the Infinity Stones. Right. Anyway, it gets crazy. Yeah. Ad, Adam Warlock is a weird, very weird background character. That's why this is a good book to read because uh, the Infinity Gauntlet is tied intrinsically to two characters every time, Thanos and Adam Warlock. This book lets you know who Adam Warlock is, why he's important to the Marvel Universe, and why you don't see him that much. Uh, because, honestly, when there's no Infinity Gauntlet stuff going around... He's worthless. Well, he just minds his own business. Yeah. He's not trying to go out and save the world. That's not his thing. No. He mainly wants to be left alone. He's an android, but he's also the perfect human. So... He, comic books. Uh, like I said, Michael Alred has a very unusual st- style... It's very indie, thick lines, simple structures, but they're very striking. Um, you could almost say it's Kirby-esque in that different style completely, but similar in that thick lines, uh, striking images, uh, really draws your eye to what needs to be drawn to. Great otherworldly aspects of it. So I, I, I actually like Michael Oliver. I don't love him, but I like him and I appreciate what he does. Yeah, his, his style has its place. Right. I don't go, oh, wow, Michael, I'm buying that book. But I appreciate his style so much. Um, he's no Pepe de Raz. I love Pepe. No, the, no. Uh, no, 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 no one's Pepe, Pepe de Raz. I mean, the, uh, it's, like saying, it's like saying, well, he's not Jesus. <laughs> Pepe's not that good, but he's good. The, <laughs> he's pretty good. So, but this is a great intro. Um, of course, it involves Thanos at the end of the universe, and bad things have happened. So he's going to get Adam Warlock to to fix it because it involves the Infinity Stones. And the and what's interesting is that they during all this happening, after giving the background and telling him, okay, I need you to stop this Infinity Stone Thanos thing again. Mm-hmm. And Thanos, and he's like, okay. And then he like think he like sees what Thanos, what King is doing. He's like, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? And it hasn't worked. How many times have you tried this scenario? As Ken kind of stops and says, 128. It's like, so you're trying a different planet or something? Yeah, I'm trying a different planet or something. Because every time ends with the death of the universe at the end of Great. time. And, but I, we're trying a new plan this time because they always know you're coming. But this time I got a plan. And they won't know you're coming. And I was always like, I don't still don't trust you. You're still a bad guy. Mm. He's like, yeah, but. but like the universe to end, so. He's like, yeah, but I like the universe. That's where I keep my stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I keep all my stuff and, you know, me. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of want to live. So they have a nice plot where Kang actually sends Adam Warlock back through time, not to when the incident happens, but to a couple thousand years before it happens, back to an earlier version of himself, Rama Tut. Because Kang was also Rama Tut. He was also... Yes. Uh, Doctor Doom. He was also, oh gosh, like three other people. Anyway, comic books. Okay. <laughs> so he sends it back to Ramatut. Ramatut's like, yes, I got the message from my future self about the plan. It's a good plan. It will work this time. He's like, well, how am I supposed to? So you're going to send me through time to where I need to go 
to like save everyone. Like, yes, yes, I'm gonna do that. That's what I do. Rama Tut, save the world. Cause you know I want to own it, so I need to save yeah. it. Well, obviously. It's like, all right, take the time I machine. Need to stay so yeah, I'll take you the time machine. And we're like, you have a like stone time machine? This is all like stone pyramids and stuff. It's like, yeah, Rama Tut's like, yeah, stone time machine. And uh, <laughs> so he goes, takes him to the room. He's like. This doesn't look like a time machine. He's like, oh, yeah. Well, it kind of is. Then they stab him in the back. He's like, ah, oh, you poisoned me. He's like, yeah. See, what we have to do is, like, every time we send you through time, they could sense it happening. So what we're doing is we're sending you through time the slow way. We're going to kill you. And uh, when you we're cocoon up, up, we're going to yeah. put you the sarcophagus here. And uh, with the poison in you, we know when you'll wake up. And you'll wake up at the right time. Peace. Great plan. Great, and of course, Adam Warlock's like, ah, you jerks, ah! And, <laughs> That's what I'd say, too. But it's kind of one of those... I actually really liked that twist in it, in that every time they try and send him through time, well, they use the time, Jim, they know you're coming. Mm. Send him through the slow way, it'll work. Sure. It's like, huh, that's actually pretty clever. But you couldn't tell him, hey, we're going to send you back in time and kill you. Because he'd say, that's a bad plan because I like living. You know. Aww, so not really kill you. It'll just feel a whole lot like it. <laughs> It'll hurt a lot. <laughs> You'll be mostly dead for about two, two or 3,000 years. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, like the art was very striking. I loved uh, the way they broke down the background of Adam Warlock, which I'm not going to do. It's too weird. Um, so I really like this book. Didn't love it, but I really like this book. It's a good start. I don't know where they're going. Because they can't just be retelling the a new version of the Infinity War. Oh no, Thanos has the gems again. We must punch him in the head. Oh, he has beaten us all. Oh look, it's Adam Warlock. Yay! They got to do something different. So, I wonder where it's going. Uh, but I'm gonna give it three and a half stars. I liked it. Okay. It was striking. It was fun. I liked the twist at the end. I didn't love the book, but I really liked it. I thought it was good. It's definitely worth reading. And also, I think it's a great jumping on point for whatever is going on. So, hey, good job, Marvel. Good job. All right. But for God's sake, stop with the stuff. Mm. Uh, all right. Next. Batman, colon, White Knight, number five. Written by Sean Murphy. Drawn by Sean Murphy. Colors by Matt Hollingsworth, a.k.a. Sean Murphy. Cover <laughs> by Sean Murphy and Matt Hollingsworth, which we've already said before. We've already established that is just a pseudonym for... <laughs> it must Robert. be. He does everything. <laughs> Sean Murphy's actually a pretty uh, interesting person. He actually uh, recently was at a... So recently was doing convention circuit. And they were asking him about... Because there's been rumors of like deleted scenes and that when he does the... Uh, the graphic novel, the full compilation of all this, there's going to be different scenes in there. It's like, yeah, there's going to be different art for some of the pages and a couple of small few pages here that are added because there was oh, some... Wow. Well, there was stuff that DC wouldn't let him put in. Oh. Um, he's a big fan of like European-style comics, like the more indie European stuff, mm -hmm. where nudity is not a big deal. Right. And so he wanted like nude scenes with Joker and Harley and Batman even. Well, you can't have that. Can't... can't and, and, Comic code, baby. Can't right. do it. Actually, Comic code doesn't exist. Look at I that... Know, look at that everyone, everyone still really adheres to it if they want to have... If they don't they want to generally get, like, do. Yeah, if they don't want to get but smacked down. Yeah. Basically, when he was pitching it to DC and like had some sets, mock scenes, and you know, he cause he had a, there's actually some pretty like somewhat graphic violence, and he wants some nudity. And they're like, okay, tone down the graphics just a hair, the the violence just a hair, just a bit, just a bit, and we can't do nude, can't do that, we just can't. 
Not on a DC imprint. Not with Batman. Can't do it. If you were doing like Eclipse or Sandman or something, we can do that maybe. Not with Batman. And he went, well, what if I like through the graphic novel have a special edition? They went, okay, we could do that, no problem. So it's it's like an equivalent of a Blu-ray extra. Yeah, exactly. It's like we can't give this to us. We can't put this on the newsstands, but we could sell it to collectors. We could sell it to like the the, the nerds, okay. right? So that's something interesting to maybe look forward to. I guess I'm in the well. If it does, if it adds to the story somehow, I'm for it. Especially if there's like extra pages put in. Sure. But I don't need to see you know fake boobs. Just oh my god, I don't need it. The story has been excellent as it is. Speaking of the story, um, what's happening this time is they've set up the uh, the Batman core inside the police Gotham Police Department, and that's starting to go well. Mm. Uh, you end up with some background between uh, Mad Hatter and Harley. It starts out with them outside of Stately Wayne Manor. I'm not going to make a utility bill joke. Oh, too easy. Um, <laughs> Duncan. Nice. The, uh, they start, it starts out with Bad Hatter and Harley, or uh, Neo Joker, she's calling herself. Second Harley. Fake Harley. Um, now Neo Joker. Outside of Stately Wayne right. Manor. And they're like, okay, we know that Wayne is connected to the Nazis. Not this Wayne, but his parents did. So if we want to break down Wayne Industries, eh, we need to find out. The police are hiding this for some reason. We need to know why. So, they use Harley to, like, start sending tendrils into the mansion. And they find that there's a couple of rooms with stale air. It's like, ah, hidden room! Air's not moving. Because plants can sense that kind of thing. Okay. Um, so, they use uh, Poison Ivy to break the security system, rush in, get in the room. And, of course, Batman, as soon as all the stuff starts going down of his military-grade security system. And he runs into the room where, they, where they're rifling through the stuff, finding stuff. Sure. And he runs in in fuzzy slippers and a big fuzzy robe. It's like, oh, you hooligans, what are you doing? Get out of my house! You know, as, you know, frightened rich guy Bruce Wayne. Sure, yeah. And, you know, they, they take off. Right. They, they're not looking for a fight. They're just no. looking to grab something. They run. And later he's, talked to Al- later he's like, these people were in my house in a room I didn't even know existed. I know it's a big house, but this room I didn't even know about. And he starts going through, and there's like all this backstory, this stuff about his parents. Like, what the hell did they take if this is the stuff they left? What the hell is going on? Is and this he actually Alfred's met- secret room? No, I don't know. Alfred is, uh, I think he's in a coma or something. He's not even there. Oh, no, no, I thought he died. He yeah, he died. died. Alfred died, yeah, he died. so he's not even there. This could have been Alfred's secret room. It could have been, but they said the air was stale. Uh, the impression was this door hasn't been opened in like 30 years. Okay, it was his. then it was his father's secret room. It, well, it could have been. It probably was yeah. his father's secret room. Alfred might have wallpapered over it. You never know. Yeah, because when, when he didn't want all this stuff to come to light, so his his old master, he just, you know. Just, yeah, it's in the bad. Doesn't exist. La, 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 la. Yeah. Uh, but there was actually a comment when they're taken off that Harley's like, Poison Ivy sensed other rooms in there that were stale, something deeper. I don't know what it was, but there's something going on with that place. Deeper. Oh, so Batcave. Um, security systems went off, 
So the Bat Corps of the Gotham PD starts rolling out. It's like, don't worry, Mr. Wayne. You know, this is Nightwing talking to him. We're, we're going to get him. It's like, it's like, oh, yes, get those people. It's like, did they find yeah. the, the Bat? It's like, no, no, they only found, they didn't find anything too important, you know. And, they, and then Nightwing's like, stay home. We have this covered. You should stay home, Mr. Wayne. And they take off after Harley. And so, of course, Batman immediately puts on his costume. Of course. Totally bats up. I'm not going to take this crap. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they broke into his house. I, I kind of get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but you got Batwoman, or Batgirl, Nightwing, yeah. and highly trained police officers in Batmobiles, mm. um, which are actually retrofitted muscle cars mostly, a couple of pickup mm. trucks, um, chasing them down. Uh, and they're actually, it's actually a neat scene because they start using tactics. Okay, you take this and you take that. They start cutting out corners, making sure that the van they're running in can't escape. They start boxing in. And right when they got a box and about to stop it, Batman comes rolling in his super angry Batmobile, jumping off of someone's roof, crashing into people, and like, oh, God, he's screwing everything. Oh, he's here. Oh, and crap. Meanwhile, Commissioner Gordon's in the helicopter, like, what the hell is this idiot doing? What is he? What? We had them. What is he? And, you know, he's like chasing him down. And he grabs, and, as Neo Joker's running, he's like, oh, you didn't tell me you were after in that place. It's like, no, and he grabs her backpack, and, like, as she runs, it, like, unzips and pulls down, and inside is the creepy-ass brain, eyeballs, and tongue of Clayface, with the Mad Hatter card stuck in between the halves of the brain. He opens it up, and he's like, ah! And... What? Yeah, that's how they're... That... Con- Remember how they're using Clayface to control all the other villains? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, all that's left of Clayface that isn't clay is his brain, part of his spinal column, eyes, and tongue. Oh. And because because of the clay, well, whatever, it's able to subsist on its own. Okay. Well, I I have to. It's I really creepy looking. Hang on. Oh. Keep, no, no. Keep, keep, keep I'm going. i keep going. I'll be your back. Yeah. So, he freaks out seeing this brain with a Mad Hatter card stuck between his halves, and they take off. At that point, Commissioner Gordon, after seeing the bad guys get away, and Batman stopping Gotham's new Bat Corps from doing their job, he actually goes and says, you know, set an APB for Batman. He's This is beyond the pale. We can't handle this anymore. He's now a criminal. He's gotten in the way of too many investigations. He's no longer a help. But um, later... Batman, one of the key scenes of the book is Batman actually visits uh, Harley Quinn, Dr. Harley and Quinzel, the first Harley, the psychologist, the smart one, who's actually with Jack Napier, the Joker, right now. And he, Grisha's like, hello, Harley. You know, because in the show, I was like, oh, hey, Bats. And he basically is like, you need to, it's like, you ever wonder, you know why I always went easy on you as a criminal? Because you kept Joker somewhat sane. You saw that he, there was something there, but he was only you were there, and you know who's doing now is wrong. You need to help me bring him in. This is going too far. He's going to hurt people. Can't you see it? Everyone sees it. He's going to hurt everyone. He's going to screw. He's going to destroy the city. You need to help me stop. To which she actually has a really nice defense about how Joker and Batman both 
especially right now, are so similar in that they are both trying to help Gotham, but they're both somewhat obsessed with each other. That if they could both just make peace with each other and help each other out, Gotham would be so much better off. But both are both too egotistical to get over themselves, to admit they were wrong, and to help each other. That even when Joker was crazy and became obsessed with Batman, he just wanted to control the city just have Batman recognize he did it, and then he would actually give it back, she believes. Just because he wanted that recognition, that he cared, that he wanted something best for Gotham. Batman would never give it, of course, because Bat Joker was crazy. He's like, and right now in this situation, you are being the problem. You guys, if you would just get over each other and work together, you could both think it's a great place. Twitch Batman goes, can't you see it's a violent psychotic and, and starts smashing things. Why are the only serious there? He's like, you need to. And after that, you know, he, he leaves. At which point, you know, Joker, Jack Napier comes in the shadows. Like, well, sure told him off. He's losing yeah, it, isn't he? I am not a fan of this depiction of Batman. I don't know. It makes a lot of sense because he's losing everything. He's yeah, lost Alfred. Sense. He's lost Bat. Yeah. He's lost Batgirl. He's lost Nightwing. He's lost Robin. He's lost his entire support structure, and his number one enemy is now being lauded. And the people who used to help him are now all against him. He's stuck oh, in this idea that it's all Joker's fault, and Joker's playing a game. He was a psychotic douchebag. Oh, uh, what? I missed the part. He basically because in this series, in, in his core, he's he's a psychotic d-bag. Talking about Batman. Yeah. No. I don't know, man. In, you got in, in this depiction. No, he this is a little see, that's a very shallow look at it. <sighs> Batman is in this depiction someone who's lost everything. He pinned his entire existence upon a certain key fact. He's protecting Gotham from people that no one else will. He's willing to do what no one else will to do it. His parents were killed by crime. People stop crime. Joker is the worst criminal there is. Anything he does is going to be bad. He will play the long game to destroy Gotham, especially if it also messes with him. So to him, as clear as day, Joker is playing a game with everyone and laughing at everyone behind their back. And the fact that he's turning everything against Batman just makes it all the sweeter for Joker, and he knows it and no one else will see it. And he's frustrated with the fact that even people he's trusted for years will not see that. You know, he's... in a lot of also they've set up the scene where he is like that exhausted soldier at this point with the thousand yard stare. He's overworked. He is exhausted constantly. He doesn't sleep. You know, he's Bruce Wayne all day and Batman almost all night. He's, a, he's, he's all, he's all PTSD. Right. And so this is, and this reaction of everyone telling him he's wrong. He's like, you people are nuts. This is the Joker, you know, you don't go his people you have this guy who is essentially in his mind a murderer who would gladly gleefully laughing take a knife to the throats of kids and now he's walking around and being called a hero he's a menace it's obvious he's playing he's done this kind of thing before right and so that's he's just incredibly frustrated and maybe he is that's also there's a subtext in a lot of things going on that He's taking the pills to keep him sane, but maybe he still is playing that game. Because after he, cause after that conversation between Batman and Harley, Joker comes out of the or Jack Napier comes out of the, sh out of the shadows, 
And he actually makes it come like, wow, he's losing it, isn't he? Uh, I need to find that quote. Cause it's a pretty good quote. Um, ah, where is it? I misplaced it. Might have misplaced what order the scenes out. Um, but he comes out of the shadows and uh, he says, well, if I've never heard him talk like that, I really must be getting to him. To which Harley says, stop it. What? I meant everything I said. That maybe if you two weren't, maybe if you two weren't so stubborn, you could realize how similar you both are. So even if he's not playing the game, he's still, and Harley's still trying to put him on the right path. And I think that Sean Murphy's doing a great job showing these correlations between the two. He is pushing Batman a little darker, but he, but it's understandable from what Joker is doing, and he feels it's kind of like that counterbalance pushing. So I really like the psychological profiling going on here. It's really, it's not a simple. Nothing is simple black and white in this book. Everything is thoughtful. And at the end, the book actually ends with Batman with the, that picture. Because when he ripped up the backpack, what fell out... Well, he saw the brain and freaked out, but what fell out was that initial picture of the Waynes with Mr. Freeze and the Nazis back in the 40s. Uh, that fell out. Look at that. And he tracks down Mr. Freeze at the very end of the book, slaps the picture down in front of him and says, okay, explain. And that's where it ends. So, so, so maybe we're gonna we're gonna see a, a semi collusion between Nazis and the Wayne family. I'm guessing something that happened. Like maybe that's how the Waynes made their fortune. Yeah. You never know. Uh, I mean, there are many German corporations who uh, yeah. profited quite nicely from the Nazis. Mercedes, <laughs> uh, Krupp, uh, Volkswagen. You know, there's a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but you know, on that on that subject. They actually, most of those corporations actually didn't have a choice. Yeah, they, they, were, they, were, they were dragooned into well, service. Well, basically. under fascism, the government said, we own your company now. You work for us. You will make this. Yeah. And they, they had no choice but to say, okay, or not have a job. Right. And some factories, so, well, some companies actually said no and got thrown in prison or out of jobs. And other companies went, oh, no, I want to make it shells. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love making 88 millimeter shells. Oh, boy. So, uh, but back to this. The, uh, it's a pretty complex story. I really wonder where it's going to end up. I see, because it exists in its own universe, but I can't see a place where it ends up with Batman and Joker shaking hands and saying, "Oh, I'm glad we're working together now, chum." Indeed, Batman. Gotham is a better place. Ha ha. No, no, no. Neo Joker is going to get her way. Yeah, I'm she, guess she, she's going to spike his medication or something, and the Joker's going to come back, and everyone's going to say, "Oh, Batman was right the whole time." Something like that I'm looking at happening, but yeah. with the way it's being written, I honestly can't see him taking the cheap way out. Um, usually I'm pretty good at seeing the end of these stories. This one, I'm not seeing it. So I'm really curious what happens at the end. Hmm. My guess is it ends with a dead Joker. That's my guess. Oh, Duncan Idaho says they're going to kill each other. Yeah, Which... that's kind of my guess. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Me and Duncan Idaho are on the same wavelength there. At least a dead Joker, maybe a dead Double Bill. Something like that. And then and Nightwing taking over as yes. the same Batman. Something like that. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. But I said, uh, this is not my favorite of the series so far. Still a really excellent issue. 
Um, I like seeing the beginnings of like that Gotham task force where they're working together and Batman screws it all up. Um, Batman is at this point starting to put the pieces together and he actually has been doing some detective work. All right. Granted right now it's still in the tell me what you know stage, but at least it's not in the, he didn't jump to punching Mr. Freeze and then saying, Oh, by the way, while I'm punching you, please tell me about this. Right. You know, so yeah, he's not that far gone. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's another three and a half. Almost four okay. stars. Almost four. Liked it. Didn't love it. Coloring wasn't as great as past issues. Um, I didn't think. Set a nice tone, but also seemed like a lot of orange. There's a lot of orange in this book. Um, okay. But not the best on that front, but still, good book. Still highly recommended. Okay. One second. Hope that was muted. Next, Avengers number 679, No Surrender, Part 5. Written by Al Ewing, Jim Zub, and Mark Wade. Artist, Kim Jacinto, not Pepe. Where's Pepe? Pepe gets, I guess once a week they give him a break. What? No, he doesn't <laughs> uh, Once a, a month break. he gets a break. He's a machine. Pepe is, a, is an art machine. Pepe is amazing. Uh, colors by David Curiel, cover up by Mark Brooks. All right. Last issue saw, oh, was it White Dwarf? Mega Dwarf? I just forgot his name. I feel bad about that. Super Giant? Might have been Super Giant. Super Giant. I think it was Super Giant. Who? Black Dwarf. Uh, last issue saw Black Dwarf grabbing a little pyramid thing to get a point. And at the other fight um, saw Human Torch go and grab yes. the pyramid the other fight and, and poofed. he poofed and disintegrated my guess at that time was you're, he's going to show up as like a chess piece or something with the game sure. with uh, the games master yeah. and him and black dwarf both show up in the game master's layer inside crystals so i was right yep the main is taking off the board got it right the main crux of this issue actually is finally backstory as to not entirely everything going on but like what game master you get what game master is doing and who is challenging him the guy challenging him is called challenger oh my god i know but hey it's a, it's just, it's as good as name as game master no it's not <laughs> yeah it actually well it actually I think gives, Game Master has a nicer ring than well, Challenger. It gives their backstory. It's an exploded shuttle. I mean, come on. Well, Grandmaster. Sorry, Grandmaster. Grandmaster. Um, See, it, that, that's, it's got flair. Well, yeah, it does. But it gives their backstory. In that... Well, first of all... There actually is some... After Human Torch... Wait, wait, wait. Hang on, hang on. I, I, have, I have to walk back my exploded shuttle comment. I'm sorry. The, that, that was a national tragedy. And I made fun of it. That's that's on me. I apologize. Okay. Continue. I think enough time has passed. I, I know, but still. Well, it's kind of like, well, then again, that one guy got, either there was a comedian who got in trouble for making a Lincoln joke. Mm. You know, after Lincoln got assassinated, the guy started booing you, like, what, too soon? You know, anyway. Uh, so. It actually picks up with Human Torch touches it, goes, ah, disintegrates. Living Light, he's like, ah, but what's interesting is the uh, the Lethal Legion, uh, Captain Glory, like after it happens, stops, salutes the other team and says, huh, 
well fought. And Falcon's like, what? Who? What? And uh, so basically, Felicia's like, oh, well, good game. And they, and they leave. Because <laughs> they think seem like a point. The, uh, the bad guy, uh, the ver the the obvious bad guys, the Black Order's like, ah, you people are bitches, we're gonna kill you anyway. Like, ah, but there's no point. And like, and then they, the Black Order starts mocking the Avengers, like, you did that, you don't even know the game. You people are, are morons. What are, you, what are you even doing here? You guys, please. And then they leave. After insulting the Avengers, they leave. But as the Lethal Legion leaves, like, oh, oh, well played. We won't underestimate you, Arthur's the next round. Meanwhile, the Avengers like, what is going on? What is this? What? Red Hulk tries to console Living Lightning about, oh, you didn't know what was going to happen. He's like, no, I didn't know what happened. I, I kind of wasn't fast enough. Like, well, it's true, but you know, they try and con you know console him, but he's unconsolable. Uh, and news got pwned. Get good. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um. So after all this stuff and like the teams finding out that Team Ator uh, Lightning returns to Rogue Team and lets them know that uh, Johnny Storm is now gone. He's dead as far as they know. He disintegrated. Uh, and it goes back to the Grandmaster in his cosmic game room with the other dude. And Challengers just actually tells him, oh, this is almost funny. You were down a point. Your team was actually almost about to score. And then... The obstacles actually get a point. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you sure you should be the Grandmaster? Garrus gives a defense about choosing Earth and how, you know, people, aliens don't invade this planet anymore. This is an Avengers protected world. That's why we're here. I have faith in them. They'll, they'll pull through. This is, the, this, these, this is the planet that tamed the Phoenix, that beat Thanos, that changed Galactus's very essence from where he doesn't eat planets anymore. In the ultimate contest, these guys always pull together. So that's why we're here, Challenger. Or are you afraid of the challenge? And that pisses Challenger off. It's like, it's like, oh, huh, he went too far. Huh? It's like, oh, 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 I am the Challenger. They start choking up because you stole my name. Dwayne should go, wait, what? And it starts, and it actually gives their backstory, which is really, I really liked it. It kind of talks about how there were the uh, primals of the universe, the Deathless, um, who are like the primal, the last survivors of the original races of the universe. Uh, and how eventually they start giving themselves names like the Collector, the Champion. Because um, everyone like started taking names off what they love. And these two guys loved games. They would always challenge each other with versions of hypergalactic chests or dice or cards or whatever, you know, miniatures games, whatever they were doing. And at one part, one guy, the big guy, started call, says, oh, you're calling yourself the Grandmaster now. So like, oh, it's the new fashion. It's what we, we are what we do, after all. Uh, traveler, you know, Tanlier goes by the Collector, and Isaac is now the Gardener. You could be the Gamesman, perhaps, or the Competitor. It's like, yeah, I suppose I could. So he became obsessed with the idea of becoming the Grandmaster, because that name just struck him. And so he, the two games lovers challenge each other greater and greater stakes in these games over and over. 
until the greatest stake was whoever lost, the winner gets declared the world, the universe's greatest gamer, and the loser got banished beyond space. Not beyond time, though, so it's kind of torturous. And at the end, the guy we all know is the Grandmaster wins, banishes his best friend beyond space, and says, he's like, no, you can't do this, we're brothers! He's like, oh, my name, brother, is Grandmaster! As he took the guy's name and banished him beyond space. Where he sits there floating in the inky blackness of non-existence for a few millennia and goes crazy. Not crazy, but really, really pissed. He just kind of sits there waiting for the universe to end, because hopefully he'll die then. And then one day... What? I... You missed a lot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and then one oh day... God. I'm talking about the background between the Grandmaster and the Challenger. All right. All right, I'll sum up. Challenger was the original Grandmaster, but they were best friends. And uh, they kept competing for the games. The game's stakes got higher and higher and higher until eventually the stakes were the winner gets to be declared the greatest uh, gamer in the universe and the loser gets banished beyond space. The guy we all know as Grandmaster uh, wins. So he takes the title. So as he banishes his best friend beyond space, he's like, no, you can't do this. We were brothers. He's like, oh, my name, brother, is Grandmaster. Because he took the name from his best friend who came up with it first. Mm. That's why his friend comes back as Challenger, because his best friend took his name and banished him out of space for millennia, which made him pretty mad. But as he waited for the universe to die, I challenge you to swishbucklers. Anyway, so as he waits for the universe to die, full of rage and hate, okay. uh, the universe did. This was back during uh, three events ago, I think, where Dr. Doom became God. The universe sure. went poof and ended. Like, oh, and then it got rebuilt. And while it was getting rebuilt, he could slip back in, which he did. And he showed back up at Grandmaster's place saying, hey, Jerko, I want my name back. Or I will kill you. So that's why they're having this grand game with their selected teams and selected battleground. They're fighting, it looks like, for the same stakes. The winner gets to be the Grandmaster and the loser gets banished beyond space and time. Well, just beyond time. Or, be, sorry, beyond space. You still get stuck in time. So you can enjoy that. Sure. Um, so it's nice seeing that backstory. I found, like, what the hell's going on? And so then they both choose like the next elements for fighting. Uh, Challenger chooses lightning. Uh, Grandmaster gets uh, ice. Well, not water, ice, he says. And that's when the, the next things are happening. And Grass says, well, you know, right now you're down a player. So you must remember I have the advantage now. Which Challenger laughs and you know, tells him, Man, you've grown old. I was never a, pl a player short. I kept one in reserve. Yes, yeah, a very special ace in the hole. And I show a creepy cave in New Mexico in the ruins of the mount. With like some sparkles and the little word block saying, Help me! I don't know who that is. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. So, uh, uh, the end of the book actually has... Uh, What's been neat is at the end of each of these books, there's like a spotlight on some characters, some ideals, and the writers or the artist will talk about like character designs or why things are going the way they are. It's really interesting seeing their like their thoughts behind things. 
like the first thing they have is a character spotlight on Challenger and Pepe Ross describing how he designed him and why he looks the way he does. It's actually really neat to read. Um, and the second part is actually like, in the last issue, Metal Master flung around Mjolnir. To which some people, you can't move Mjolnir, you're not worthy. Magneto can't do it. And it actually has a real breakdown of why he's able to move Mjolnir. And actually goes into like the... Um, uh, da, da, da. Oh yeah, the, the end of every book they have an emergency emergency author holograms. Just like, uh, Duncan, <laughs> yeah, just like Duncan Idaho. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But uh, Mark, they actually have a thing written up by Mark Wade, which is an incredibly nerdy email. It says, uh, "Wait, Mark Wade says, okay, the science of Thor's magic hammer, taken apart from all the research I did for that Thor Hulk crossover I did a few years back with Walt Simonson, and then he goes into." like uh, theoretical particles and how magnet, uh, magnetics works on, on a quantum level and that Thor's hammer actually is metal. It's not necessarily ferrous, but it's going to have a magnetic field. And so at the right application of magnetics, you can manipu- manipulate it magnetically. The way that Thor's hammer works in that if you're not worthy, what it does is it uh, increases some quantum property so that its mass increases exponentially so you can't lift it. But 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 it it can't sense if you're worthy or not unless you're touching it. Right, that's part of it. But also, yes. even if the mass does include increase exponentially, it also increases its vulnerability to magnetic fields at that point. And so he's still able to throw it around. He couldn't pick it up, but it was already thrown at him, so he can keep moving it around. He could hold it in the air. So it actually has a nice breakdown of why it works. And I like that. I like these little like nerdy nitpicky things they put in. The science of Thor's hammer. He has a wolf. Yeah, exactly. And it actually sees like the kind of care that like Mark Wade puts behind these kind of ideas. That he actually researches this kind of stuff. Um. So I'm still curious where this book is going. I'm still enjoying it a lot. Little subplots going through. I like seeing the background of Challenger and Grandmaster. It doesn't tell you everything that's going on or why, but it lets you know some pieces that are... Because if they never let you know, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Until the very end, it would suck. Letting you know this piece now actually kind of gets you some skin in the game. You could actually relate to Challenger and think, well, Grandmaster screwed you. You know? So you still don't... Because before, you're kind of rooting for Grandmaster. His team isn't really evil. He's counting on the Avengers to help him. This guy, is his team is all black-hearted Thanos murder thugs. But after seeing that story, you think, well, Grandmaster's not really good in this scenario either. So there's no... Grandmaster's never been good, per se. No, no, he's he's an immortal. I mean, right. immortal people are, by, by Marvel definition, not good or evil. They're right. just there. Exactly. And... But before you're kind of dealing with a guy you know isn't good or evil and a guy who seems pretty evil. And now you're like, oh, he's just kind of kind of trying to set things straight from Grandmaster hosed him. Ah, so it, I really like seeing that. It's a nice balance there. So I'm really kind of impressed. Um, the artist, Kim Yusinto, does a really nice job. Um, not art, as good as Pepe. Not as good as Pepe. The art style is similar, but it's definitely different. I liked it. I didn't like it as much as Pepe. But I think Kim does a great job. 
take nothing from it. Really enjoyed it. So overall, I really, really like this book. Going to get four stars. Still recommend this wow. series. I wonder where this is going at the end. I mean, what's the end game of this? Does this lead directly into the Infinity Gauntlet thing? I hope not. Mm. But because this this Avengers No Surrender event is not a big cross Marvel, we're getting everyone involved event. No. It's Avengers specific, but it could lead to the Infinity thing. So I don't know, but I do like it. I like it a lot. And that is Garthon's comic poll for this week. If you want more Garthon, check out the comic polls on YouTube. See the past ones. Think about it, or don't. Uh, check check my team up since Star Trek Online with Heathen Dog happening every single week. Uh, not last week. Two seconds. Yeah. Um, also, check out Sunday. We're streaming at 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. We're streaming Warframe. Having a lot of fun with that. Check out my past streams. Go ahead. I have Clem Clones now. Do, yeah. Do you have Clem Clones? I don't know what that is. We're going to say no. Oh, come on. We, 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 we did the, we did the, the, the mission with Clem, you know, Clem. The, oh, that's um, right. Clem. Uh, I think yes, it's Clem yes. clones. What, 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 yeah. You got yeah, your Clem you, clones. I, I got my Clem clones. I, I, I made my blueprint. I got five Clem clones. <laughs> I'm, they're, they're ready to push out. It's uh, awesome. Clem. Uh, so Clem, yeah. Gerber, 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 Gerber. <laughs> I like Clem. So check that out for more Garthon action. All right, we're pulling into the station, my friends. It's the RNG time. Yes. Ooh, I don't have any music. I'm going to make RNG music one of these days. Now it's time for RNG with your pals, Garthon and Heathen Doggy. I don't know. That kind of rhymed. It was rough. I pulled it out the yeah. end. All right. <laughs> All right, so recently I've been seeing a lot of debate in Dungeons & Dragons forums and such about giving XP or experience points versus milestones. Now, what are these systems? I didn't make a slide for that, so let's talk about it. Okay. Experience points, um, well, experience gains and first milestones, both are actually put out in the 5th edition Dungeon Master's Guide for Dungeons & Dragons on pages 260 pages 261. And I think a lot of people need to read those, because they obviously have not. With an experience point system, after you kill a monster, he's worth a certain oh, amount of points. Wait, 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 Kill, defeat, or capture. Right. Well, I'll just say, you kill, defeat, or capture yeah. a monster, and it's worth a certain amount of points. Those points are then divided among every member of the party, not including pets, minions, constructs, summoned creatures, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Just actual people, right. people's the, characters. Right. Right. Divide it up, that's what you get. You also get XP for other things, but that's... Uh, you get XP for dealing with situations, solving traps, puzzles. This is all in the DMG. Right. The milestone system... And, well, after you have experience points, you gain a level. Sure. Everyone knows that. Right. Uh, you see it a lot in JRPG games on consoles where you kill enough kobolds, you gain a level. Sure. Uh, the other system, which is increasingly popular, sadly, I mean, by many people, is the milestone system. The milestone system basically gets rid of experience points and it sets up, the, the dungeon master will set up goals. Like, you just emptied out the cobalt layer that was terrorizing your town. You gain a level. Mm. And the next, usually the players aren't aware of what the milestone's going to be, but usually it's kind of obvious. You rescue the princess, you gain a level. You defeated the dragon, you gain a level. That kind of thing. It yeah. sets out a goal. 
The goal might even be something along the lines of you were able to, to get the city councilors to find peace with each other and gain a level. It doesn't have to be combat related. So a lot of people are really like the milestone system because, well, there are a lot of reasons they like it. So let's talk about this. And I'll tell you know why the milestone system, in my opinion, is inferior to the XP system. But why? How could I say that? XP is hard. Well, let's talk about it. DDA. There's math involved. What? Well, the first one is no more murder hobos. This is uh, The first top part is taking from... It's in the credits, but this is an argument I see a lot. Like Feral Cat's RPG characters vents an ecological nightmare to experience space campaign worlds. In their quest for precious XP, they lay waste to any creature they fumbling stumble upon. Bugbear out for a scroll? Kill it. Slightly looking evil informant? Kill them. Kindly old shopkeeper? Oh, they're going to die. With milestone leveling, players no longer feel that pressure to decimate everything they encounter. Knowing that their character will level up without having to reach some arbitrary number of kills, they let the focus, them focus on role-playing. They even start avoiding encounters they know they can't win, and <gasps> they might actually retreat. That, that, um, wait. That's just hey, hey, bad uh, uh, Wait. All right, go ahead. Sorry, and also, sorry. going through different forms, I pulled this off Reddit. I were, I, they're about milestone versus XP. Oh, I do milestone now. Let's have pilot know they will level without having to kill everything. Helps prevent murder hoboism. And the video game and the video game we need to check every room and make sure we killed everything mentality. I do find I have to pay attention to my adventures a bit more to prevent railroading them to said milestone. Alright. First of all, I want to refer you to page two hundred sixty one of the Dungeon Master's Guide under the t- heading Non Combat Challenges. You, I had to put this in all caps because this is an argument I see a lot. You have to kill everything. You, the Dungeon Master, decide whether to award XP to characters for overcoming challenges outside of combat. So, with a Killing milestone, the shopkeeper well, gets you nothing. Well, here's the thing. It should, right. Uh, you could also say, well, he's worth 5 XP. You could do that too. But you know what? Is it worth the 5 XP to deal with all the town guards and everyone hating you forever? Yeah, yeah. Um, no. No, no, not. obviously not. But the thing is, a lot of these people's arguments is the only XP, if you read these, you get XP from killing things. They're thinking like it's a computer RPG. I must kill things. The only way to XP is by kill, kill, kill. That's not role-playing. That that's, is not role-playing. Right. No. You, as the Dungeon Master, can award XP for outside-of-combat stuff. Help a lady across the street. I know it's a thing. You may be talking down the dragon. That's not killing. No, um, that, and also, but, but by in, using... By using so X- it's instead of defeating. Right. Also, by using, by using XP, you are able to guide your players. Now, how do you mean this? Okay, first of all, don't wait till the end of the adventure to tell people how much XP they're getting for things. If the players no. do something really clever, like even uh, the players have said, hey, maybe instead of doing going through the front door, what if we go through the back and just take the aisle so we don't have to, and we don't kill anyone? You say, oh, that's a brilliant plan. Get 500 XP. Let them know right then Yes. for yes. avoiding I mean, unnecessary bloodshed. Yes. You, say, you, you, I, and, and Max Liao uh, have, have, a, have a habit of doing that. If, if you have a eureka moment during the game and it's, it's a really good idea that, that really helps the, 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 to, to move the characters forward or to win a thing, you will grant XP immediately. Right. Let them know. Let everyone know that right. that's the way you do it. Right. Also, what I do, um, have been doing in my games is 
when something like that happens, even if it's one person coming up with it, I don't say, oh, you're the one person who came up with it. You get that. No, everyone gets the XP. And that helps guide behavior and saying, oh, you are rewarded XP for coming up with good ideas. You are rewarded XP for doing things other than just murdering things. And it says in DMG, hmm. you're allowed to do that. Yes. <laughs> so that is completely acceptable ways to do it. You're rewarding role play. I actually, uh, there's that reward, giving XP just for, if the adventurers sit there and talk in character and have a great conversation, give XP for that. Sure, it's not necessarily progressing your almighty adventure of princess saving the dragonism. Yes, I said that that way. The princess saving dragon. I'm trying to be funny. I got it. The, I got it. So they're not pushing forward your almighty and important GM plot. Who cares? They're having a great time. Oh, reward that. You know what? And let them and let them know, not in the middle of it. Okay, ever stop talking? You guys see for that. Now we have to go kill these kobolds or go to the kobold layer or whatever. Keep a running tally. I mean, I actually use an Excel spreadsheet. Every time that something neat happens that they need deserve XP for, I give them XP. I put a note of what they got it for, and I I usually let them know, maybe not immediately after, but shortly after, let them know. Or at the very least, at the end of the session, I will say, you got XP for this, XP for this, XP for this, XP for this. So they know they're being rewarded for their actions and not just killing things. Like I said, defeating, like, let's say you don't, kill the thief you just tie him up he's defeated you know you hand him to the authorities later maybe give them extra xp for handing him to the authorities unless if you're playing evil campaign then give them extra xp for handing him to the evil priest of Lolt to be tortured later hey that's great you know there's always more that can be done so this whole preventing murder hobos my argument you can also say well how does a milestone prevent that I know I'm going to get a level once I clear out the cobalt layer. Why not burn down the town on my way? It doesn't hurt me. I'm going to get a level no matter what. Boom. You know, and so they know there's no reward in not doing it. And if they're inclined to screw with your campaign anyway, they might do it just because. It's like, yeah, I know I killed all the informants and the priesthood, but you know what? Cleared out those kobolds. Level. So... Th- that prevents Bird Hobo's argument is moot. It doesn't make any sense if you looked upon logically. Mm-hmm. Ah, and, like I said, it's even in the book to give XP for not killing things. Multiple places. Next. Math schmath. Do you know what the single best part of milestone leveling is? You don't have to spend the last 15 minutes of every game session adding up experience points for the night. No more flipping furiously through your notes and counting how many kobolds were killed. No more arguments about whether the wizards get equal XP since they were unconscious most of the night. The goal of every RPG should be to reduce the amount of math involved in the game. Milestone leveling achieved this goal. No matter how many enemies were killed or how many princes were rescued, the appropriate point in the story, at the appropriate point in the story, everyone gains a level. Uh, also from... Uh, a chat milestones unless you enjoy spending the last ever again methodically tallying up exactly how much of any type of everything happened okay plan ahead you're the freaking dungeon master okay know what's going to happen you should already have your encounters planned out maybe not exactly everything but if you know they're going to have a couple encounters you should know how much xp they're worth and you know what there are free versions of excel out there for everything that happens if other stuff happens in the game unexpectedly Put it in the freaking cell and do an ad. It takes three seconds. 
Okay, that's not an excuse. Uh, Doug says math is a vital skill. Suck it up or use Excel. Windows tablets are a table. Yeah, Windows tablets are a thing. You don't have to use Windows for Excel. Like I said, there are free versions online. Doing math is not an excuse for that's just laziness. Um, and again, you're not gaining anything by that. So that 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 that's a non-argument. You're supposed to, if you're prepared enough to know what encounters you're doing, you could look at how much XP it's worth. It's not hard. Put it in an Excel cell, do an auto sum, you're done. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 right now I'm 100% with you. I mean, yeah. Right. Or even, this is like I said, if you're planning ahead, you could have all the monster XP you expect them to get, or you just, Bel are just not suck at math. Yeah, honestly, yeah. if you can't do simple addition, which is what XP is, okay, there's division. Yes. When you're well, killing no, no, a monster, yeah, you the, divide There's division players. depending on the number of, no, number of, uh, number player of players. Characters. Right. Okay, you have to divide by number of players. Right. Okay. Right. You can't divide by five? Come yeah, on. so come on. Uh, anyway, so that, get a calculator. <laughs> Write it right. down. You should be prepared as a dungeon master at the end of the game session. Everyone should be telling him, well, what do we get? What You should be able to say at the end, you should be able to say within two seconds. Well, not seconds, maybe two minutes. Everyone gets this much XP. This is what you got it for. It's not hard to do. Just takes a tiny bit of preparation. Tiny. Less than it takes to draw a map. And people love drawing maps. Next, the third argument, the most common argument I see, planning for the future. We all know that players decide to ruin your careful GM planning. When I design a campaign, I like to work backward for the final objective and build a story that leads to that point. This is part of the process of making sure the characters will advance from yokels to badass adventurers by the time they reach the end goal. Miles and Levy makes this process much simpler. I don't have to worry about what the players will hit all their XP goals during each arc of the campaign. I can even adjust encounter difficulty to fly without concern for how it will affect leveling down the road. And from a chat, I have zero desire to track XP. Decide who gets what bonus XP or deal with what guy or deal with the guy falling behind because he had to miss a session or two for work or family issues. Okay, take the second point first because that one annoys me. Absent characters are listed specifically on page 260 of the DMG. Just give them the dang XP they missed. Yep. Oh my gosh, but that's unfair. How is it unfair? They didn't want to miss a session. Even if they did, yeah. if they're back in the group, give them the damn XP. Exactly. Family or work issues. It's real life, man. This is a game. Get, give them the app. It's in the you know what? book. Uh, I know. <laughs> That's I what know. kills it's me. Just... That people, this is an issue for people. Yeah. Uh. The, t take the, the, the minimum that, that the, that the idiot got and the maximum that your awesomest player got average them together. Give that to the absent person. That's it. Hell do that. You know, fine. Uh, generally not since, playing second edition have i been in a group that cared about everyone's individual xp being different like well i i did this so i get this xp that was a deal everyone had certain you know i not since second edition have i messed with that not since mm. you know high school have i done everyone's are ever gets this was xp you know at least in D and D. other games is different but in D and D, it's always been okay everyone gets this i mean you're not helping anyone by, oh, you missed a session? You don't get that XP, fool. You know, they already missed out on the game. That's bad enough. They wanted yeah. to be in the game. Yeah. But as for the planning for the future, and that way they don't screw up your game, adjust your game. Look at the, the entirety of Chapter 1 of the DMG. You know? 
if they're not hitting their XP goals, guess what? You're not giving them enough XP. That's on you, the dungeon master. I know like I've already had the XP goals. Why should you care? Exactly, Baldahar. Uh, Duncan, Duncan Idaho says, humans are intelligent creatures who can solve problems. I'm with you guys. Milestones, this is a long slide to the retirement home. Balor uh, says, they don't level in a session or cross sessions due to skipping stuff. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. You know what? Maybe they spend an extra day in Yokel Town. That's fine. That's it. Especially if they're having a good time in Yokel Town. Maybe the whole campaign changes to them becoming the kings of Yokel Town. And they're not really concerned with Necrolich the Mighty 200 miles away. You know what? Someone else can take care of Necrolich the Mighty. I need to make sure the fields get irrigated. Maybe that's the game they want to play. You know? Yeah. And also if they're or, not... Me or Necrolich will, will expand his kingdom and then in, in, in encroach on their you know, farming community, and then they get in the game right. because they or, have to. Or maybe Whatever. they even turn it into a political simulation where they're actually running competing uh, competing uh, business and political interests against Necrolich. Instead of fighting him on the field of battle, they fight him in the boardroom. You never know. That could be, uh, be you know, depending on who your players are, they might like that a weird, lot more. But okay. They might like, hmm, Necrolich is moving in, moving in on cattle futures. Hmm, interesting. But what about the citrus market? Uh. He has no. He has a weakness in the citrus market. You know. That's not a. That's not a DD game I want to play. But some yeah, people okay. would really love that game. All there right. are people who would love All that right. game. All right. Right. So also, is this the last argument I put? I think so. Yeah. So the and they're not ruining your careful GM planning. You always need to be able to adjust to what is happening in the game. Otherwise, players get bored. That's one of the chief problems with people playing off of pre-made modules. If a group is totally into that module, it's great. But if you can't adjust as a dungeon master, especially with a pre-printed module, everyone gets bored. Because it's like feeding answers into a machine and waiting for the right answer to get spit out. It's like, oh, okay, we'll go here. So Moist fine Litwick. Oh my god, he Terry Pratchett us. <laughs> Begin a new ad campaign. Um, <laughs> D&D's flexible to allow for pretty much any play still. Yes, exactly, Valdahar. Exactly, Duncan Idaho. So the XP as a system you could use to, so they don't ruin your careful GM planning, guess what you could do with XP? Award them for not doing that. They would see, oh, when we do more stuff in this direction, we get more XP. Oh, we don't get as much XP if we're staying... Uh, trying to far, figure out if our new crossbreed of alfalfa is going to work out. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you want to push them toward Necrolich the Mighty, you might want to maybe... Give it, give a carrot in that yeah, direction. Yeah, maybe increase the XP, yeah. the Skeletons Award. Yeah. <gasps> yes, you could do that. You're the freaking Dungeon Master. So, adjust your game. And that's chapter one of the DMG. Stuff like that's in there. Read the DMG, people. It's there for a reason. I've been playing versions of Dungeons and Dragons since 1987. Um, I still read the DMG <laughs> because it changes every edition and there are some, some good things in there that sometimes you forget. Um, and sometimes it's just some wacky stuff in there you don't catch. First edition DMG was the wackiest. It had the most insane things in them. If you like crazy tables. Uh, the fifth edition is full of like really good advice that no one reads by looking at these forums. So, 
I'm not. After all this, you're going to think I hate the milestone system, and people use it. I don't. Um, I do see it as less intensive. Um, if as a dungeon master you have no time, you're busy as hell. You really don't want to worry about all this stuff. It's, I'm not going to say lazy, but I it's am. so much easier just to say, okay, we're going to milestone it. But to me as a player, it causes me to lose interest in what I'm doing in that it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. I know I'm going to get a level. As long as, as long as you achieve the goal, right. you're going to get your level. Right. I'm it doesn't my matter level. how you do it. Right. You, you, you are not, uh, you're not rewarded extra for role-playing or – or uh, or uh, creative problem solving or anything like that. It's right. just you hit the goal and you win and that's it. Right, and it can kind of make it's in my opinion it can make a player kind of fade out, and they're just kind of there for the combat because they don't care about anything else. But if they got want to roll their dice, rolling dice is fun. Uh, Balinhar says Milestone would be funny though in Garth's example of staying in town. If Milestone was to hit the lich, but you decide just to clear out the hobgoblin lands and bother the farmers in town and then play the crops, you never hit a yeah, you never Milestone the next level. You never gain a level because you're not going after you know lich evils. Right, right. You, you you decide to settle down and be a community manager. Right. Okay, fine for you. Good job. You know what? Douche. Because I've actually I've had some great games that have gone completely off my expected rails. Because the players in a totally different way, and they turned out fantastic, because they went the way the players want, and I didn't dragoon them into going back to slain lich evil thrax the mighty. You know, you need to be able to adjust your players. Some players want to run straight at lich evil thrax, and you kind of have to convince them, okay, you could do that, but you will die. So why not try going over here first? <laughs> you know. So, but yeah. I think XP is a great tool. You could also always point to bad examples where, you know, every, almost everyone can tell a story of they were in someone's campaign and he only gave XP for killing things. And it took months and months and months to, gain, to go from level two to three because there's never enough XP. All right, he ran a terrible game. That's not the fault of the XP system. It's Just like it's fault, yeah. the, fault of the Dungeon Master. Whereas there could also be people playing brilliant games with the milestone system, but it's, uh, in my opinion, it doesn't have the same reward as XP. Because also with the milestone system, if your session does not end with you gaining a level, what's your reward for that session? Maybe some gold, maybe some magic items. You have no, you don't, you're gonna have to be throwing gold and magic items hard at your party every session. Because they're never going to say, well, what I gain? What advancement have I done? There's no tangible reward. There's no XP gain. You can't say, oh, look, we're getting closer. Oh, we're so close. There's none of that excitement. Oh, I'm almost at next level. Look what I'll get. It's like, oh, we haven't we haven't mounted the fourth sepulcher yet, so I guess we're not gaining the level. Mm. Uh, Duncan, I said that's how his first session went. We went nuts, and the DM follows along with Man Beard the Wizard. Yeah, DM follow along with us. Yeah, see, that that's a fun game. Yes, go nuts. Sometimes some great things happen that way. Sometimes it goes terribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. But that's part of the game. So that's my thoughts on XP versus Milestones. I think XP is a great tool to be used and exploited. Uh, milestones are okay. I give one more example. I can think of one console RPG that used Milestones. 
and I hated it. Mm. Chrono Trigger, uh, it's not Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, the uh, somewhat sequel to Chrono Trigger. Highly hyped, highly anticipated. And in these JRPGs, one thing you tend to do to make fights easier is you grind. You go off and you kill a bunch of things that have a nice reward to risk ratio so you can kill them real fast. And then when you go and fight the hard stuff in the Dungeon of Doom, it's a little easier. And also, it that getting that reward also rewards you for exploring, finding strange things, looking for the newest loot, going to all these crazy places you normally wouldn't to get the XP. This game only gave you levels after completing certain tasks in the main story. So there was no reward for going out and fighting mobs. Every time you had to fight a random trash monster in the game, it was just another aggravation, which made you hate because you gained nothing from these fights except some gold. And there comes a point where you don't care. Your characters are never going to get stronger. They're never going to have an easier fight until you beat the dungeon and you're not fighting them anymore. So it's punishing. You can say that grinding is dumb. Okay, it, it's not the smartest activity. But it's nice to be able to walk into the Dungeon of Doom and know that, okay, this sucks at the beginning. By the time you're done with the dungeon, the monsters will be pretty easy to wipe up. With a milestone system, that doesn't happen. They're always going to be just as damn hard. And that sucks. Um, which also was the problem. This is somewhat related, but not really. Um, the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Great, great game, except they made the game so that the difficulty scaled with your character level. So no matter where you went in the world, its difficulty was at your level. You gain a level, every, the world gains a level. So in the beginning, you would encounter a robber on a bridge wearing rags with a knife saying, give me 50 gold. You're like, screw you, man, I need my 50 gold, and you fight. When your level's like 100 or whatever it got to, you're down the same bridge. The same rogue attacks you, but now he's wearing hundreds of thousands of gold pieces worth of armor that's sparkling and glowing with a magic sword and says, give me 50 gold pieces. Why do you need 50 gold pieces? You could sell you your... sparkling magical armor. You I could, mean, you could, you, you you could, could sell, sell your boots. You five mansions. Sell your boots, live like a king, and buy a nice, comfortable pair of leather ones. Yeah. I mean, for God... <laughs> Um, also that game, you could actually, from the, from the beginning dungeon, you could walk out and beat the game because the end of the game scaled with your level as well. So you would walk into the horrible, evil oblivion gates, la la la, stab, la la la, stab with a knife, stab, go to the end boss. Oh, I am the evil stab. Oh, that was easy. It actually punished you for getting levels to beat the game. If you maxed out and had the best of everything, oh my god, the end boss was insane. There's fire and demons and everything. If you walk over there with rags and a wooden stick, it was really easy, actually. So, ah, <laughs> uh, nice. there's actually that's one thing. Well, the reason that Elder Scrolls games are loved is not necessarily for the base game, but for all the mods people put in. That got modded real quick, where the game did not level with you. You know, the, and the game parts were set at a certain difficulty. Also, what sucked about the game leveling with you was that the town guards were always tougher than you. You're the hero of the universe. You're taking down dragons with your bare hands. 
But Lord help you if you accidentally yeah, steal a wooden yeah. plate. How can these constable flunkies be better than right. me? Right. One guard will take you out for accidentally stealing a wooden plate. Like, you actually click on it and put your inventory. Like, oh, damn it. And they show the cards. Oh, stop, thief! And they're beating the snot. You're like, I'm wearing the legendary armor, and I have the ancient sword of god slaying, and you're kicking my ass! So. Uh. What? They would beat up my donkey, then kill me. It was oh, terrible. Okay. Carry on, then. They were mean. So, yeah, so that's similar to milestoning in that there's no reason to... You, you can't out-level anything. It's always right. at your level. Right. Uh, so that's my final thoughts. XP good. Okay. Milestone Excellent. not good. Understood. I'm, I'm with you 100% on this one. All right. You should be. <laughs> now let's hear Heathen Dog talk about Altered Carbon. No okay. okay. This is... This is Netflix's attempt to merge Blade Runner and Westworld together to create a, a, a baby that will give them super ratings. It gave them an aborted fetus. It was it was not a great a great series. It wasn't horribly bad, but it wasn't good. Uh, let me uh, g- give you a little bit of a synopsis of the, you know, gist of the whole thing. Uh, they, they have a technology. This is, this is far in the future. I'm talking hundreds of years in the future where mankind has gone out and uh, colonized many different planets in the galaxy. All right. right? And uh, there is a technology where this small disc is placed uh, in like C3 or C4 of your vertebrae right here, the back of your neck. All right. And it records all of your thoughts, memories, and experiences. And if something were to happen to your body, like you would say die, as long as this disc is not damaged, it can be pulled, put into another, what they call sleeve, which is someone else's body or a homegrown version of your own body. If you're rich enough, and then you, boom, you're back. You're resurrected. What about the person whose body you stole? Weren't they using that? Uh, usually, the the uh, if if you are put into another person's body that's not your own copy, like a, like a, a genetic clone of yourself, it's 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 a prisoner who lost their rights or whatever. Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame. I'm not even gonna talk about that. But uh, yeah, uh, that, that that's the whole idea behind this. All right. Now, uh, the I say Blade Runner in in the beginning because uh, there is a vast difference between the rich and the poor. It's a uh, it's a giant leap, basically. I mean, uh, the the uh, poor are like a a Blade Runner esque or um, the that movie with Bruce Willis and uh, Mila Jovovich. Uh, Fifth Element. Yes, Fifth Element, where uh, where the the uh, poor lived in the bottom slum, like on the land, and the and uh, the, the the rich lived in the in the high above the above the clouds type thing. It's it's the exact same thing, you know. They 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 they, they tried to put that element in there, but it failed. It it didn't really strike a chord with any of the viewers, especially me. Uh, and the whole uh, uh, Westworld thing was uh, they they. Since uh, since human flesh was 
a sleeve. It was it was a commodity. It was a thing that didn't matter. Then we can make full nudity a thing that also doesn't matter, which is what they did in Westworld because all of the nudity was They're robots. robots and androids. And so it didn't matter. They weren't real people. And they, they, they decided that in Altered Carbon, well, since, you know, the real person is actually in the disc, the sleeve or the physical form doesn't matter. So we can do full nudity and have it be commonplace and not hang a lantern on it. So it's not bad. All right. That's just, that's just exploiting the human form again to try and get ratings just like Westworld did. So yeah, but they were successful at it. Didn't help you either. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 the, the, it's e come on. You're you're exploiting beautiful women who are fully frontal nude. You're gonna get ratings. That's just the world we live in. It works for Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the, the the story itself is not bad. I mean, the general story itself is not bad. Uh, it's it's when you get into the characters themselves and and the the writing the the writing it everyone seems to be a caricature not a real character but a two-dimensional uh idea of a character like the 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 big bad uh corporate guy who's been around for like you know 500 years who's who, who's called a meth and meth that, that uh, is like a short for, yes short, short for methuselah uh people who've been around for a couple hundred years at least are supremely rich and are considered gods because they have they have influence in in all different places because they've had lifetimes to amass money right and this guy is a caricature of a human being i mean th the the character writing is just horrendous because you don't care about the people because they're written like uh slogans made flesh i don't know i don't know how to i don't i don't know how to explain it to 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 get it through that all all of the characters are completely two dimensional i mean uh your 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 first introduction to a character is all you need to know everything about that character. There's no real growth. There's no real change. That character who you were introduced in episode one is the same character in episode 21. Yeah. That's just how it is. There is no character growth or change in the entire series. Everyone stays exactly who they are. And that's a fundamentally flawed story. Doesn't sound very which, interesting. No, it's not very interesting at all. I mean, the only thing it has going for it is the gratuitous nudity that it shows up quite a lot and all of the excessive violence. That, I was going to ask, that, there better be violence too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excessive violence because uh, if if you have an immortal army of, of yourself, that means you have to kill a lot of people to make it matter. Yeah, if you have no risk of death, you also don't care if you die. It's like, yeah, whatever. Exactly. I mean, you have to show that by by killing the same person several times in in most horrific ways and having it not matter. You have to show that, and of course, showing it nude <laughs> helps too. So that's what they do. No, I like what Valdahar said. That's really good. Uh, the characters are on discs. They're all almost <laughs> they are two dimensional. Exactly right. 
<laughs> that's because they're on desk exactly right yeah uh there 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 is uh toward the end of the of season one i don't know if there's going to be a second season i don't i don't care i don't know it hasn't really gotten any praise yeah yeah i don't really care but uh there 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 is a a moment where one of the main characters is killing another main character several times in a row because she uh she had made several genetic copies of herself and and every time she died she jumped into another body and immediately jumped out of her stasis pod and started trying to kill the other character again over and over and over and over again there's no download time no oh wait no, none of that none of that it was it was instantaneous and immediate ju- just so you could see the how same... would she know what's going on how fast is the system downloaded it it, it doesn't matter i know i'm that just does... i'm just thinking like i the... know no, Even no, no, paranoia no. said you're not going to no, remember. Unless I know, t- I know. This scene was made so you could see the same naked character jump out again and again and again and get killed because she's hot. Yeah, and get killed, and then a, a new version of her naked form jump out again, so so you can see her naked again. That's exactly why they did that. There's no other reason. So if if you love seeing naked people. And hot naked people, then yeah, give this thing a watch. Well, those are, if you if want, I'm going to see them, that would be my preferred status. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, if if, if you want good character development, if you want uh, excellent dialogue, if if if, if you want a uh, uh, good good storytelling, then don't don't watch <laughs> this because that's not what this is for. All this is for is for a spectacle. That's, that's right. See, that's right, Duncan. Niven made it make sense. He'd class this with the earlier animes. Yeah, he's the dog just bringing nothing but but bad things to this. I know, right? This is. I don't want to give downers on this thing, but today is just that day. Today yeah. is just the day of downers. I mean, you know what? I, I love naked women. I do. Great. So, <laughs> I I enjoyed all of those scenes, except for them watching them getting killed all the time. <laughs> Actually, I didn't care about that because, like I said, no one really died. An- another naked version just jumped out right again. So, yay! 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 You know, great. But uh, a story as a whole, it wasn't. It wasn't great. I mean, it wasn't bad. The whole the the the, the overall series so far arc of the story is not written poorly. The characters are written poorly. The dialogue is written poorly. The, the scenes are written poorly. The overall arc is not. I'd say meh. It's meh. The only thing that elevates it is the gratuitous, uh, gratuitous, I'm sorry, gratuitous uh, nudity, which is normalized because the human form is now considered a vessel and not something personal. Yeah, it's a commodity. Exactly. So it's more like showing off your Ferrari. You know, you, you you don't you don't put a cover on your Ferrari if you want to show it off, right? Yeah. You know, you want everyone to see it. So when 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 you drop into a new sleeve, you want everyone to see what you could afford. I get it. It makes sense. I understand. But you could have written the characters and the dialogue to you know elevate the story somewhat but they failed to do that here so i i cannot recommend you see it unless you just love seeing naked folk and then yeah watch this and westworld 
You'll love, you'll see all kinds of naked folk. And there are easier ways to see naked folk, though, to see it. Awesome. Yeah. So there you go. There is Altered Carbon. I can't recommend it for a story. I, I can recommend it for eye candy, but that's about it. All right. Thank you, Ethan Dog. You're welcome. That's it for the RNG this time. Everyone, make sure to remember Mac Leo, Nelgarian, Max Extreme, Grin Dawn, and Necromancer, Skeleton Army. Oh, I love that Skeleton Army. Yes. Also, check out his YouTube. Why does it say he's a naughty, lazy producer? I didn't put that in there. What? I, I didn't put that. I don't know. Uh, also, check out Elgarian's stream. Do a shot of the Avatar for Sick and Virtues Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Central. 10 Eastern, good stuff. Great to watch that. Also, make sure to check out Role Players of the Avatar, RPOTA, and SodaHelp.org for all your Shroud of the Avatar needs. Mm. Well, not all of them. I mean, but a good chunk of them. If you have needs involving Shroud of the Avatar, that's a good place to go. As always, remember, check out our streaming schedule every single day of the week. On Sundays at 9 Central, you got Warframe with Garth and the Dog. On Mondays at 8 Central, you got He the Dog. What's it this Monday, Heathen Dog? Well, it is still uh, this war of mine because uh, since I beat it before, I started a, a, a new batch of survivors. And so far, it's going really well. As a matter of fact, my my last episode, I sparted a guy. I I, uh, I, I, I liked him it. off. <laughs> you yeah, chopped I, him with I, an I, axe. I, I, I kicked him <laughs> off the sixth story of a building, and he fell all the way down. It was great. He was very dead. Oh, he was so dead. All right, Tuesdays <laughs> and Wednesdays at 9 Central. It is El Gary at 9 a.m. Check out that shred the avatar to talk about. All right, uh, not just Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That that Elgarian has a has a habit of streaming like eight days a week. I don't know how he does it, but he He's streams like the Beatles. in the morning all the time. It's crazy. On Thursday at 8, at 8.30 Central, I'm 30 Eastern. Garth and Ethan Dog just Star Trek Online. Hopefully less with, with 90% fewer technical difficulties and that viruses. Would be great. yeah. Of the physical life. Friday noon. Check out Max Leo with his variety act. Uh, oh, I love when he invites the guests on. There's tap dancers, puppet shows. You just <laughs> no one, no one <laughs> singing. Right now it's Grim Dawn with the whole, you know, skeleton. And Legion with live stream. The weekly show Saturday nine Eastern, eight Central with Garth and yep. the Dog right here. Boom. As always, you can live subscribe or comment. Check us out through Twitch at twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth, uh, where we stream it every day of the week. Check out our videos on YouTube. Thousands, thousands of videos, I tell you. Many of them high-quality content. You should definitely check that out if you like things that are good, and you should, because they are. They are. You can check check out our Reddit forum. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Myth. Tweet us at Legion of Myth. Also, don't forget, join our Discord channel at discord.gg slash npm lowercase e f w nine Facebook Messenger join our Steam community just look for Legion Man and the audio version of this is available on SoundCloud iTunes and Google Play Music as always we appreciate any five star reviews you drop us every little review helps to keep this on the road what else helps a Patreon subscription keeping us going it's your contributions that keep all this possible Also, a Twitch streaming subscription is nice for you. Or a Streamlabs donation at streamlabs.com slash leashedomyth. You can support us directly through PayPal at paypal.me slash Or getting our gear and being cool at mm. shop.spreadshirt.com slash myth. Don't you want to be cool? You know you want to be cool. And this will push you over the edge. Of oh, into cool territory. That's right. 
that and using XP instead of milestones. So, a special <laughs> thank you to our top subscribers, Baldahar and Sean Butts on Twitch. Through Patreon, Hicks206, Sheriff, and Algarian. Through Streamlabs, Baldahar, Erwin Rommel, the coolest character, Magical Hacker Fanboy, Spectrefire, Love Valley, Hacker Armor, Lahid the Dog, and Freefield 51 Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, or comment to this video and all of our others. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. Yes, we showed Dunks is now scared for life. Good job, you the dog. <laughs> Thank you everyone for your help. Thank you everyone for participating. Please join us the live stream on Saturdays. Have a good time with everyone. Always fun. Thank you to all of our viewers and fans. And to you, Heathen Dog. Thank you, Heathen Dog. Aww. Yeah. So good. We're both sick, but we're here for you. Yes, we are. Due to illness, tonight the parts of Garth and Heathen Dog will be played by Garth and Heathen Dog. <laughs> Alright, everyone. Remember, you have one life. Live it well. Live it nerdy, and have a great Diurnal Anomaly.